Hello, everyone, and welcome to Small Screen Star Wars. As always, I'm Julian Mush. I'm joined by Rachel Wilkinson. Hello. And it's been a while. We haven't been on since uh, since back in the day with uh, with Obi Wan, but Andor's here now. It's what a, what a crazy world we live in, where you know every couple months there's a new Star Wars show on. I really hit the jackpot with this uh, this podcast name, right? So you really did, anyway, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna be covering Andor here. Uh, season, uh, season one, episodes one through three. This is the premiere. They dropped all three episodes on Wednesday, recording on uh, today being Thursday. And going forward, that will be the typical schedule. We'll record Thursdays. The podcast itself will drop on Fridays, the live uh, feed, the live stream on Thursday nights. Um, and that's right. You can follow along. You can watch, listen, tune in to our streams on Thursday nights. The best way to do that, follow us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast, Facebook.com slash Tower Babblecast, and head over to our website, towerofbabble.ca slash subscribe or slash live, depending on what you want to do. Um, and uh, and yeah, so we're like I said, we're going to be covering Andor. Lots, uh, a little bit different this time. Andor as a, um, as a series is stylistically different, but also has many more episodes um than uh, than most of these Star Wars shows that we've seen. I think this first season is set to have what 12 episodes, I think. Oh, is it? Well, they're pretty short, aren't they? Well, they, the the ones that we saw here in the first 3, if they if we can use that as a as a barometer, are anywhere from 38 to 42. I think one was okay. like 35 minutes. So, um So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be a little bit longer but also the show itself takes a bit of a different um kind of has a different feel it's a little bit more traditional in the way it, it does its storytelling in terms of like old school um style pre i would say pre golden age of television this is kind of a throwback to, 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 to things like the wire and stuff like that so anyway huh. we'll get into that um when we get into the actual recap itself. Before we do that, though, we should quickly mention a couple things. Um, I'm going to be on a long work trip. I leave October 9th, and I don't get back till November 29th of, um, of this year to Australia and Japan, which means we'll have to figure out a way to do the... Whoa, I didn't know yeah. you were doing that. That's cool. And surprise. <laughs> yeah, I was like, cool. Exactly. I'm also so, just hearing about this, everybody. So we're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, so your Thursday nights uh, will be my Friday mornings. Okay. So we can probably do that because no one, no one else is going to be working that time. I can, I can slot in a Star Wars podcast um, for those oh, times. I, I, hear that, guys? He's going to fit us into his busy, fancy schedule. That's right. It's, well, hey. <laughs> Star Wars is pretty important. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't make, um, I don't make these types of exceptions for everybody. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, twelve episodes in the first season. Um, you know, the second season is supposed to to be, I think, even longer um, and cover kind of a shorter amount of time. This first season is supposed to cover a lot, many years in time. Um, show's not doing super well in terms of. I was looking at some tweets today from some of my favorite Star Wars YouTubers, et cetera. Mm. And uh, they were saying that the, the numbers that they're seeing for their recaps and reviews are way lower than what they've seen for things like The Mandalorian or even The Bad Batch or stuff like that. 
I mean, I get so, it. Yeah, we'll talk about maybe why that is in a, in a little bit, but uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, they've already committed to the two seasons and we don't have to worry about this ending at the end of season one and we're not going to get a season two because it's not popular enough. Right. Um, that would be a, a crying shame. So anyway, we'll talk about some of why some folks might not be as interested, but it also could be a marketing problem. I don't know if, how well this show was marketed. I think it could have been marketed a little bit better. But uh, hey, I'm not a marketer. So you know, I can't really judge that too, too well, harshly. Yeah. Um, and bef- between when we last recorded and now, D23 also happened. And at D23, we had a couple things. We saw a trailer for Season 3 of The Mandalorian. We saw a trailer for Tales of the Jedi, which I, people had seen at um, Star Wars Celebration. But uh, this is the first time it came online. Um, I assume you've seen those? Uh, nope. You have not? Oh, man. <laughs> you know okay. how I don't like to watch trailers. Well, anyway, Season 3 of Mando, I wanted to kind of touch on it quickly here before we jump Okay. Oh, wait, no, I did see that one. Sorry, I did see that. Lots I of lied. Mandalorians, lots of different colored helmets. Um, looks like they're going to go to Mandalore legit this time. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. But it doesn't, from like from a from a structural standpoint, it doesn't really look that much different than, um, or creative standpoint, than previous Mandalorians uh, season. So it's still got, um, you know, Adventure of the Week type vibes is what I'm looking at and feeling like. Maybe a little bit longer arcs this season. But uh, yeah, it just it's Mando and Baby Yoda off in a souped up Naboo Starfighter just cruising around the galaxy. It's kind of what it looks like. I mean, I'm here for it, for the record. It sounds great to me. And then the Tales of the Jedi. We're big fans of the uh, the Star Wars animation uh, stuff over here. Huge. We We covered Bad Batch. We covered the final season of Clone Wars. Both very, very good. Um. I think that I, that first like ninety minute premiere episode of the Bad Batch might be one of my favorite Star Wars things. Period. It's just so cool, in my opinion. Ooh, hot um, take. I don't think it's that hot. It's pretty cool. It's like an animated <laughs> cool. Star Wars movie with clone troopers. It's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so we are we know we're getting season two. By the way, that's that. Um, we also got a trailer for that. Looks very cool. Um, and that's not coming out till next year, I believe early next year. And so there's, we're really not going to be short for star Wars really at all. Uh, but tales of the Jedi, um, looks absolutely amazing. It's same style animation. It's, it's that Lucasfilm animation style that is just right. better and better and better every time. And we're going to get some, uh, Dooku stories, young Dooku. right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're going to see young Dooku before he, uh, abandons That's the Jedi order. I'm, I'm curious cool. how much, cause you know how, there is the Ahsoka novel, you know? Yeah, uh, it's a great novel. It's largely non-canon now. It's like most of it's been kind of what? That's a bummer. I don't get why, because it's like, eh, okay. Is it because she, well, never mind. I don't know if it's spoilers or not. Skip <laughs> 20 seconds. We don't want spoilers for a book that's been out forever. Is it because she kills an Inquisitor? Is that why? Mm, I don't think so. Her origin huh. story, like her, 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 not so much origin story. Well, I think it is partially her origin story and also her um, kind of what she was doing in between episodes three and four are uh, yeah. different than what they are in the book versus what we've seen now on I um, mean, live action, et cetera. Yeah, but this the, that book could still be taking place like 
like in at a, a in different liver. Yep. Yeah, at a different put, like pinpoint in time, but yeah, I don't know. I guess fine. Anyway, <laughs> listen, I, listen. I'm not here to police canon. All I'm saying is that um, there is I also am. a there is also a book that I uh, listened to uh, because I'm more of a audiobook guy myself. Yeah, Julie doesn't know how to read. In case anybody, yeah, I know. am also illiterate. Just <laughs> it's crazy that they have it. That's why he podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I don't want to actually write anything or read anything. <laughs> I just want to say things and listen to the things. That's, yeah. that's the way I, my brain works. And that is true, actually. But um, Sorry, that's, I mean, always, I, that's how I feel about people who only listen to audiobooks. I just right, feel like they can't we're, read. We're, we're stupider than the rest of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're that, if you're that, people listening to podcasts will probably also <laughs> listen to audiobooks. He doesn't think highly of you. Um, <laughs> there was another audiobook. I don't remember the name of it now. Um, but it covered um, the this this time where uh, Dooku um, it does like it, it was it was jumping around flashbacks forward and backward um, dealing with like a young Dooku before he left the Jedi Order and then an older Dooku once he'd already become mm. Count Dooku um, a young cool. like a young um, uh, Sifo Diaz has a large role in that one uh, Qui Gon. It's there's it's really cool. Is this a newer book or an older book? Uh, No, it's a couple years old now. Okay, wonder if it's in my house. (laughs) I might have it. (laughs) Um, It's I I I really liked it. I don't necessarily um, recall who was a Dooku's like apprentice from the Clone. Qui Gon. No, 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 from the Clone Wars. uh, The evil white lady. Asajj Ventress. Uh, Asajj. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of it's from her perspective as she's like on a Ooh. mission to do something oh. for Dooku. Um, yeah. I think it's like called something Jedi Lost or something like that. Mm, something like that. I know. Yeah. Okay. I haven't read it yet, but I'm still, I'm getting through some of the Thrawn books right now. Um, I'll just, go, I can just like, if I just, Google <laughs> Jedi Lost, I'm trying to think it's like Star Wars book. I'm sure I could, I'm sure I can find it. Dooku Jedi Lost. Duke, okay, yeah, Dooku Jedi uh, lost. There that you makes go. Sense. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'll be interested because I'm like, see. it's not. Yeah, because I was just thinking, there's a little bit of Dooku stuff in uh, Master and Apprentice that came oh, out the not young that long Obi-Wan ago. One? It's yeah, young Obi Wan, and there's like very small amounts, like not a lot. It's just like he gets referenced every once right. in a while in there. But uh, yeah, no, um, that I have heard that that Dooku Jedi lost is a very good good book though. I did like it. I did. I'm like going to read it for real. Well, you let us know what you think. <laughs> Um, for real, for real. Unlike my, <laughs> it's not real reading. Um. Anyway, so I I listened to that book, and I'm curious to see how much, if at all, this Tales of the Jedi stuff overwrites any of that or um plays out the same. There are some key moments in Dooku's life that are like referenced in this book, obviously because it's about right. him. Um. So if we're going to spend like these mini short episodes with these characters. We also, it looks like we're going to see like a baby version of a version of Ahsoka because they just can't help themselves <laughs> when it comes to Ahsoka stories. Um, Dave Filoni can't, he has to put her in everything. Um, and I'm fine with that to be up for the record. She's but, the best. So, so oh. how are you going to feel when she gets killed? Eventually she's going to die. Right. I'm going to be real upset about it. Are you going to be, you're, okay. Prediction right now. Do you think she dies in like a traditional way or does she turn into a pile of clothes? <laughs> like Obi-Wan and, and, and 
Uh, I think she turns into a pile of clothes because if she didn't, then she wouldn't be able to be a voice talking to Ray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there. Well, doesn't Qui-Gon talk to her too? And he gets stabbed through the chest, right? True. He figures it out afterwards, though. (laughs) Yeah, right, 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 right. right. I don't know. Um, The rules are not concrete, okay? It's fluid. But anyway, I'm just curious to see how that works. I mean, these are mini episodes, so you're going to concentrate on these key moments, and it'd be interesting to see what that overlap is, if any. Anyway, so that's a, that's a little bit on that. Obviously, we'll be covering those shows when they come out. Let's get into Andor. There's lots to cover, three episodes. Um, although, I think we'll go through these faster than I think we would some of those other shows, like you know, Mando or, or even Bad Batch, where there were yeah. so many little Easter eggs, little things to talk about. This is a little bit, like I said before, up the top. This show is a bunch more traditional in the way it is presented. Okay. It's a slow burn. And I okay. I was going to ask you to explain because I was like, I don't know what yeah. you mean by that, but well, it's, yeah. I get it though. Like, I feel like it wasn't, it didn't grab my attention in those first two episodes. The third mm-hmm. one is kind of when it started to pick up and get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But so I get why some people like the viewing, sh- like the viewership might be lower. Also, if you haven't watched Rogue One, you're not going to watch this either. So, so my girlfriend hasn't seen Rogue One. That's a great point. Yeah. I ha- we haven't watched it. We did watch the first three episodes. She didn't love them. Um but I there is something to be said about maybe not watching Rogue One until after the series is over, you know? Oh, okay. And then, and then yeah. getting that kind of like here you met Andor as a young boy, here's his whole life and then spoilers That's true. for Rogue One. He's he dies. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like, I think that I, but like for something too, and then you watch episode four right after and it kind of has like a really strong yeah. dramatic feel. So I yeah. put this out on Twitter and I got some responses on that. I'll kind of, I'll read some uh, so I, I can at least credit people fairly. Um, but I'm on the fence about that still. I love Rogue One as a movie so much. I don't mm-hmm. want necessarily wait that long to rewatch it because it's like that'll be two years before the time we get to watch it again. But anyway, so that's ridiculous. Uh, both. So Jedi for Life uh, said, I'm a firm believer in watching things in their release order. However, mm-hmm. in this particular scenario, it could enhance the suspense if she waits to watch the movie after. I I tend to, I, I, this is my favorite comment because I think it's absolutely spot on because mm-hmm. i also believe that watching in release order is probably the best way because well yeah they're made in release order quote unquote yeah the world's context of those movies i'm coming up before even if it's a sequel or a prequel or whatever right so they have to grapple with that as the creatives of those projects so you're kind of losing mm-hmm. some of the thematic touch points if you don't watch it in that way like would you watch episode one two three no five six i was just gonna say that like i don't think anybody who's like new to star wars you're not gonna be like well start at episode one and then oh stop at episode two once you get there now watch watch the entire animated series (laughs) before three like you know what i mean that'd be kind of insane then watch then watch most of three stop again (laughs) watch um a part of the animated series again. Yeah. You'll know which ones because they're slightly <laughs> colored differently. And yeah. then, um, yeah, and they have the green LucasArts logo on their front. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you'll notice. And then, and then watch that part of of, of <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Trust me again, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, like what? Similarities. And then, 
and then watch Obi Wan, then watch Andor, then watch you know what I'm yeah, saying? and no, then watch ridiculous. Rogue One, then watch Episode Four, Five, and Six. Yeah, like um, it just ruins it. Like it's like you Mando. don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. yeah, I don't. Anyway, I I think in this unique scenario, I think there is something to be said about maybe not telling because she has no idea, right? Mm. Um, yeah, it just depends how much she cares. Like, if she doesn't care, then... Yeah. Yeah. So then there was also Jeff, who says, if someone was watching the prequel trilogy and the original tr- trilogy for the first time, would you suggest watching Obi-Wan in between? Not sure I would, due Mm-mm. to those continuity issues. Given how good Rogue One is, I'm not sure I'd have faith in the TV show being good enough to make the movie better. I don't know, Jeff. I think, based on what we're seeing here, um, this show... Will seems to be doing exactly what people wanted out of Rogue One, which was fleshing out the characters mm-hmm. to complete, you know, a, to a, a, a much deeper level. Of course, we're yeah. dealing with one character here. Who knows? We maybe we'll meet some of the others. Um, uh, although I don't remember now. I, get, I should have rewatched Rogue One before watching this. Does does Andor meet all those characters for the first time in that show, um, or does he know any of them before? I can't remember. I think he meets Jin during this, like during Rogue One. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm like, who else is there? Like, Baze. Baze and Chirrut know each other, I think. Yeah, but, um, do they, but do they know Andor? Probably not, right? I don't know. Maybe the droid? K2? Yeah, I think so. K2 is not in the first season, but I remember they talked about him not being in the series, and there was, like, a specific mm-hmm. reason for that. And I, it's not clear. I, I think they said, well, it's like, it would be a little conspicuous for someone to be walking around with an Imperial droid all the time. Yeah. So it's like, we got <laughs> to figure out. I'm sure he'll make an appearance somewhere in season two. Is my, yeah. My bet. Um, I guess we shall see. But I, yeah, I have a feeling that most of them are not going to be in this. So. Yeah. So Tony Gilroy is the writer director of this. He's also kind of the secret director of Rogue One. He did a lot of work on the reshoots and, and, and script work to kind of quote unquote fix that movie. Hmm. Um, so he is already closely tied to Rogue One. Tony Gilroy, if you're not familiar with him, he's he is the writer director of a classic um, uh, political thriller from 2007, Michael Clayton, um, a movie that I have actually seen, but I I'll just put it out there. Um, I didn't did not appre- 2007. I was graduating from high school. Did not have the patience for a slow political thriller. Okay, <laughs> which movie oh, is this? Michael Clayton. Oh, that's stars. the movie. Yeah. Oh, I've never so even George heard of Clooney. it. And then he also directed Duplicity and The Bourne Legacy. So I think there is some. Um, uh, it's a real you know, random collection of. He's more of a writer. He's oh, okay. Three writing credits. Gotcha. Three okay. directing credits and seven producing credits. Mm. Um, but so he wrote. The Born Identity, Born Supremacy. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes more Michael sense. Michael Clayton, Duplicity again, The Born Legacy. Um, he also wrote the screenplay for The Great Wall, and that movie's very bad. But, you know, <laughs> who, are we to, who are we to judge? But anyway, anywho, uh, he also did some, some producing for House of Cards. So this will give you a kind of a sense of kind of his filmography. Okay. The point being is he his style is very much this slow burn, that it, mm. it is not the the punch you in the face space western action adventure movie and that might turn people off a little bit 
I think that's a very valid um, critique, maybe. I don't even know if critique, yeah. but I just don't understand why people might b- um, bounce off a little bit. I Personally, my take is I really like it so far. I don't love it. But yeah, I would say my I feel similar about it. Like, yeah, I'm not like mad about it. I'm, there's nothing that I like dislike about it, but I did find it like the first two episodes a little slow. Like it wasn't holding my attention the way right. other things do. Certain things like were like, whoa, like kind of surprised me, but I felt those very few and far between. And I was just cracking a lot of jokes while I was watching it. <laughs> so well, Jeremy, who I asked if he wanted to come on today, he said, mm-hmm. no, thank you. <laughs> um, well, he didn't say thank you. He just said no. Um, but anyway, um, he said, no, and I hope you enjoy watching a bunch of space construction workers for three hours or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, you know, okay. So, hey, the trailer for this show. We got some were, Star Wars firsts in this. So, and I'll explain them when yeah, we get okay. to them. Is it the makeout sesh? Is one of no. them the makeout sesh? Really? Okay. I don't we really. Have makeout seshes in, in Star Wars? I was like, Wars? what makeout sesh? Yeah. Biz or whatever her name is and, and oh. Tim. Tim with an extra M. Tim. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um let's talk about those Star Wars first when we get there. But sure. I just just generally speaking, the trailers for the show looked unreal. Like the some of the stuff that we're yeah. seeing looked very exciting. We only saw a very small sliver of that in these first three episodes. And um I think that bodes well for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I think they released these first three episodes because they knew that by the you know the first episode, if someone just watched that first episode, they're like, "I'll see you in a week." They'd be like, "I won't be back." Yeah, you know? I'm glad they I did the first three. That's smart, smart move on their part. And I got to be honest, like, sure, we're not getting Star Wars movies right now, and that is a massive bummer, in my opinion. But um, the the thing is, when they drop these new shows and they drop like multiple episodes at once, it is like essentially watching a Star Wars movie at home for the first yeah. time. Every, every one of these drops. This is like this was two and a bit hours. That's the length of an average Star Wars movie. Um, I, I mentioned that the 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 Bad Batch ninety minute premiere episode. That's like a short animated film. Like that, all that stuff totally works for me. So, yes, I want Star Wars back on the big screen. And and despite the name of this ep- this podcast, we probably still will review those. But um, oh yeah, I will just say, give the show a little bit of time. It, it it's it is setting the stage for things to come and that what we've seen here will be important if if for the very if not at least for the character stuff right so we might not get a lot of spend much more time on ferrix i don't i i i suspect we're not going to spend a lot of time i doubt it from this moment on but what we've seen about how the empire the world of the average person under the empire looks and feels right now. Um, How, what, what brought Andor to this place so he could join the rebellion. And I feel like that's kind of where we start episode, you know, episode four, you know, in episode three, we're dealing with um, Andor kind of making this kind of crucial decision. He has to leave. Mm -hmm. He has someone kind of like, you know, come with me if you want to live, you know, Terminator moment almost. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and, and now, now from the trailers, it seems like we're going to enter this wider world of the rebellion, right? And the but rebellion's very young at this point, right? And, and and I can't wait for those for kind of see that stuff grow. And of course, 
they probably would have, I think I've heard someone say that they would have called the show Star Wars Rebels if that name wasn't already taken. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but, you know, I, I am excited for that stuff. I, but at the same time, it's like, guys, I understand these first episode, three episodes were a little uh, slow. And I think that's fair. But on rewatch, I really, really liked them a lot more. I would have said if I hadn't rewatched them, I would have said I only liked them, didn't love them. At this point, I really like them. Okay, fair enough. Them. Maybe I have to give them a rewatch. There's I guess. a lot of nuance that I think you see in like the look of the, like little subtle facial movements and like the way that people react to things that people say. Once you kind of understand kind of where things are going, right? Um, yeah, kind of catch those things, and I think they, those things really pay off. Um, anywho, like for instance, I'll just mention one right now. Uh, when Andor's talking to that guy and he's trying to like barter his way to uh on a transport ship yeah and the guy's talking about how uh his home world was like destroyed in a mining accident you know i'm i'm kind of more thinking about oh interesting that's like world building i'm thinking about the first time i watched it and then the second time i'm just looking at uh, diego luna's face and his he just looks so sad yeah this guy talk even though he's pretending to be like oh i don't know what that is what's a what's a whatever the heck they're called um canari, canari. what's a canari right? yeah just looks devastated right and i think that Mm -hmm. those are kind of these subtle moments that you're going to get um on you know as the show goes on it wants to give you these um these slow moments it wants to give you these character moments i've i've been dreaming about a star wars show like this for a long time and i'm pretty happy it's here (laughs) okay let's get into the recap um anything else you want to mention just generally speaking before we Mm, we no i don't think so Okay, so we're talking about Andor Season 1, Episode 1, Casa. I think it's pretty straightforward why it's called that. That is apparently his his like original name mm-hmm. um, from... Uh, what's it called again, sorry? Canari. Canari, right? And they speak Canari uh, on that planet. I, th- I did find it fascinating that we didn't get any subtitles. What did you think of that no subtitles thing? I... It bothered me. You don't like that? Okay. Like, I get it. It was fine. I sometimes when that they do that on purpose, it makes me feel like my TV is broken. <laughs> so I was literally going to ask you, like, did you have out? subtitles? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, are, are there supposed to be subtitles? Are they not working? But I pretty much watch everything with subtitles on now all the time. And right. sometimes I'm always worried that that's going to like mess it up when there's other subtitles. You know what I mean? There is, see, when I watch um, House of the Dragon. Yeah. Um, don't get me started about how much I hate Crave, okay? Because <laughs> I hate Crave. Bell, you can shove it. But um, this is another complaint I have, which is that when I'm... And I also like to watch with subtitles, so I don't feel like I'm missing... Like, yeah, yeah. Saying, especially when they're speaking like thick accents. And exactly, stuff like that. yeah. Um, but every once in a while, they will switch to speaking another language in that show. Mm-hmm. And the subtitles for that other language are hard coded into the episode like this. Yes. And, but the subtitles that like the, the closed captioning will be like, start speaking in other language over top of the first line of dialogue (laughs) that is saying, and I can't read it. So I have to just like guess. I mean, I can pick it up on context clues, but it's frustrating. So here I had the subtitles on already. And then it's just like speaking in Canary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you kind of get the gist of what, you know, I you can pick it up just by what's happening. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. you need the dialogue because the those young actors are actually doing a very good job of, um, I don't know what you call it, 
like when you're using your face and your emotions and like body acting, right? So they're doing a very good job at like conveying the emotions and like kind of what's going on. I think it's a great point. Great child actors here. Yeah, they're awesome. All of them are fantastic. Yeah, especially not being able to actually use language at all. Um, Yeah. I thought Canary is the language is pretty interesting. I don't know if it's completely made up. It sounds a lot like Portuguese. So, you know, take that for what you will. (laughs) Um, I I, I found that the choice, the lack of the choice, which it's obviously a choice to not use subtitles. Right. It's intentional. And I think the goal that they're trying to, to establish here is like, a disconnection from the quote unquote modern world and, and this yeah. really separate you from these children and their circumstances. And it's, it's very voyeuristic. It's like, you're sitting there watching these people. You have no, it, it, it's like you're sitting in a restaurant in another country and you don't know what anyone's saying. Mm-hmm. People watching, you know, yeah. um, you have, you just kind of pick up things based on, on context clues. But um, I think that's the goal. Here. Yeah, I think uh, so I too. Think it does largely work uh, to hit that. Okay. So, we start with, um, of course, the Star Wars opening. I'm always checking to see if there's anything new. So we have Vader, BB-8, 3PO, Kylo, R2, Rebel Helmet, Scout Trooper, First Order Trooper, all boring and old. Um, <laughs> no, you get a new droid, B2EMO, mm-hmm. uh, who we meet in this episode. So he gets a little appearance um, here as well. So that's nice. Um, and then we get the Andor title sequence, which we get at the beginning of each episode. A blank star field, it kind of looks like, you know, a a crawl could start coming down at any moment, right? Right. Um, But instead, we get this kind of like this this planet in a dawn, I guess. It looks like there's a, it's light coming up from the bottom. And then his name slowly comes up. The Andor title slowly comes up. Beautiful musical uh, sequence. Mm -hmm. It's super, just like kind of the rest of the show, it's slow and drawn out. I generally, I do like it. And it feels very much, it feels way more sci-fi in, in like style and theme than maybe like um, space fantasy, which we're maybe more used to in, uh, in Star Wars. So, I know, what did you think of this title sequence? Yeah, no, I, I mean, you always pick up on things <laughs> way better than I do <laughs> on title scenes and that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I thought it was very fitting for, for how the rest of everything like sort of played out and looked. And yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I just mostly for me it was the music and, and yeah, I, I did like I enjoyed most of the music like in in the, these episodes. I found it, yeah, it was yeah, good. There, I think they're I think the music's great. Let me just make sure we're getting the we're crediting the music. To the <laughs> series yeah. music by Nicholas Brattel, um, known for Moonlight. Oh, the score for Moonlight's also amazing. Succession. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, Cruella, <laughs> Vice. Um, not a, a lot of stuff I haven't seen, but I'll t- but I have seen Moonlight and that movie. Um, obviously an Oscar winner, but also one of the best scores. Like it, it's just a very evocative score hmm. I found um, in that film. So, um, yeah, great work here by by Nicholas. Anywho, let's get into the episode itself. Uh, we start on Morlana One. Uh, this is the Preox Morlana corporate zone. And this is taking place in 5 BBY. Now, this is, we're, we're learning this information not because I have to look this up, because it's right on the screen. <laughs> uh, we get these, uh, these like title cards. And uh, I find that interesting. It obviously matches what they did in, in Rogue One, where we got these different um, like title cards for different planets as we went around. Right, yeah. You know? 
I like it. I I prefer it over this kind of like we're not going to tell you anything. Like yeah, all these yeah. Nameless planets where you have to pick up on clues or whatever. I think it it's 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 cool. It reminds me of like a spy thriller. Film, yes. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So. No, I, I like when they tell you exactly where we are and what the time frame is. And five BBY, obviously a like I, I don't know exact. I can't, I have to look at the exact timeline, but this is only a few years separated from Obi Wan the series. Um, a couple years before, and or it's a couple years after, a couple years after, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an interesting time because it's it's the rebellion would be in kind of its not necessarily its earliest stages, but it's very much in its um nascent stage. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're five years before the events of Rogue One, basically, is that what they're telling us? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's lots. For the rebellion, because remember when we pick up with the rebellion, you know they they sure they have their base on Yavin at the time, but um, they really only came together for the first time. The first, you know, as it says in there at the the scroll, uh, the opening crawl of Episode Four, the Rebel Alliance got their first major victory. Um, they, what we found out was that Scarif, but they don't mention Scarif at the time, obviously because they didn't that didn't exist yet, but. Um, this is five years before that, which means that the the rebel cells are still very separate. Right. Yes. This time. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is a new planet. Um, there's this. Uh, it's. I find this really interesting. This Preox Morlana Corporation. This is a planet essentially owned by a corporation. Think of the the dystopian. You let the dystopian feelings throw fall through. <laughs> um, but. Uh, it really feels like a cyberpunk. It has a very cyberpunk esque vibe to it, um, more so than anything I've ever seen in Star Wars. Down to the down to the way they shoot this whole opening sequence, it feels very Blade Runner, which is you know proto cyberpunk essentially. Um, I, I have played a little bit of that to- cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and uh, or even Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and this idea of corporations owning large swaths of land or working right. for the company town. It, it's very much a part of that, um, part of that, that, that vibe. And then they use this synthy music as he's making his escape later on in this opening sequence. And I just think like, wow, they could not have been aping Blade Runner any harder. But <laughs> I love those movies. So I think it's like, okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Star Wars is always effective to me when it is like putting a fun spin or twist on a style. We know, you know, uh, obviously Samurai's right. Westerns. Yeah. Right. But, you know, as we and, and, you know, these mythological ideas, these kind of movie concepts, right, like, a, you know, a heist film like Rogue One. Right. Um, in this case, this is like a cyberpunk thriller. And it's right. Pretty cool, in my opinion. <laughs> so Andor arrives on a uh, on a rainy planet and makes his way through a, a red light district to a brothel. And we get this. The very first shot is these really cool shots of like these lights on a pier. Mm-hmm. Slash causeway. I just think it, it was a sign for me. It's a sign that um, they had a more thoughtful cinema cinematic approach to this show. Now, for some people, it's going to feel a little artsy fartsy. I think perhaps <laughs> a little up its own butt. But for me, I you know I just think it's like you know the way you move a camera and you position the camera and that you kind of capture these unique angles of things that you know you wouldn't if you were just standing in a space is always fascinating to me. So mm-hmm. totally it works for me. Yeah. Um, 
And this must be the first Star Wars brothel, (laughs) is what I wanted to say. Oh, right. Well, yeah, I think... (laughs) I don't think... implied. We've definitely, like, like, seen, you know, like, oh, bars with, like, dancing in them and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think we've ever seen a full-blown, like, sex work brothel. That's what um, it is. That's what you yeah, say. Yeah, blown though. It's just funny. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was like, sex work is the appropriate term. Um, but yeah, we've never seen. I don't think we've seen this. I don't. You know, so whatever. Either. Tell me if I'm wrong, people out there. But no, we've seen we've seen Star Wars strip clubs, but we've never seen yes. Star Wars brothels. No. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, they're getting a little edgy. <laughs> but like the way like they have like those aliens and the people in those like pods on the street and stuff. I just thought yeah. that was such a cool visual and like the with the rain and like the neon. Oh, really? And, like for me, this was about 110 times more uh, uh, evocative of a of a vibe of a location mm-hmm. than anything that we saw in Obi Wan. And, and I think it's important to say early on that this show was not filmed in the volume, and that is to say it's not filmed in that with using that those giant LCD screens oh, that they okay. used to make the Mandalorian and they that they used to make Book of Boba Fett and you know of course in those those shows they did some on location shooting and they did some uh, blending of the 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 volume and, and yes, the yeah. locations and sets but from my understanding Tony Gilroy said that they didn't use the volume at all for the show oh, so everything cool. that you see here is a practical set or some blending of practical set and CG yeah, um, or on location and CG, and I think that that is really cool. And I think it totally comes through in some. Of the, I think we'll see it much more as the show progresses. Kind of how that uh, that that real world feel and grittiness comes through. But even for now, I just thought that even Ferrex as a location, or or in this case, Priax Morlana, this kind of red light district, feels very real and lived in. Yeah, and I, I yeah, loved it. Um, okay, so Andor meets a woman. Uh, a sex worker and uh, asks about a woman from Canary. Uh, apparently, she had left us several months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. He's looking, turns out, for his sister, um, and but doesn't know her name, which I think is really interesting. It's like, oh, you said you were her sister, but you don't know her name. But I guess we later find out, right, through flashback, that when he last saw his sister, they were speaking a completely different language, and he's right. even using a different name now. Right? So, yeah. Um, I think there is something to say, like, even if he knew, he probably knows her original name, or maybe he's forgotten it, by the way, which is also yeah. completely possible that yeah. by this age and a, learning a whole new language, he doesn't remember his sister's name. And that's, that could be tragic. We don't, we won't know that. We don't know that yet. But yeah, um, see, I just find that interesting. I see, I didn't get like, I didn't process it that way. The way I thought he was asking, like, I thought he wasn't sure if it was his sister or not. So he's asking her what the girl's name was because it could be well, yeah, a different girl I mean. from Canary. So I was like, oh, I was just, I didn't think it was because he didn't know his sister's name. He was just asking her like, well, what well, what name is was she going by? Like, you know, to try and well, see if it was her or not. But anyone else from Canary. I think that's the, that's the, like, he's probably like, not. Yeah. Anyone from there. He just look, he's hunting down any clue he can find. Yeah, exactly. And so, okay, here's a woman from Canary. Could be anyone. Right. right. Yeah. He's looking for a sister. What's the name? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I just think it, you know he could have said it was you know was her name blank. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That's true. He, he could have got the same answer, which is, sweetie, no one uses their real names here. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But interesting enough. Um. So he gets harassed by two corporate security officers in the bar. And by the way, I gotta say, first a couple things. I think that this sex worker. I think her hair is the coolest 
thing. It's like <laughs> it's like an afro, but the top half is cut off. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Just a very <laughs> different look. I just what I like about the show is that it's showing us Star Wars, but from a different, completely different angle. Oh yeah, we've ever seen before. And like the, it's not a bunch of stormtroopers, and it's not a bunch of Jedi, and it's not a bunch like you know rebels or whatever wearing the same you know nostalgic no. uniforms, orange jumpsuits that we've seen. This is like people wearing their regular working clothes, um, living a nor- quote unquote normal life, and it feels very much like that. I, that the performances in the show. Every single one of them, I think, is better than almost any performance we've seen in, in any of these other Star Wars movies. I mean, or shows, uh, I should say. I mean, obviously, outside of kind of like the the, the core performers. Uh, right. Like okay. Pascal yeah. Pascal and, and, uh, and Hugh McGregor and stuff like that, who are obviously putting in great work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... That largely speaking, the acting has been fine across the board. I think that the the work that the people put in in the show puts all those other people to shame, and I don't know why that is exactly. Huh. If it's this like they get to sit in these real sets, and that makes them feel like these people more, and that lets them live in these characters more. But I just think it's um, I just think it was really great. Like even so, this woman, and then these two um, corpo um, uh, like security guards. They barely have any screen time, but they're very captivating. Oh the yeah, way that they yeah. like engage with with Andor um, in the bar itself. It's like everything about it just feels very real to me. Like the way that they interact doesn't feel like a space fantasy. It's like, right, these are yeah. People, you know what I'm saying? So he gets yeah, like okay, and, yeah. No, that's how ahead, guys. No, no, I was gonna say that's how guys actually talk to each other in bars. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. And then they're trying to but pick I love, fights. I love when he's like, he's like, what's so funny? He's like, he literally didn't. I'm like, he didn't even smile. He didn't even, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he giggled. I don't think he's like huffed. He smirked. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't think yeah. he did anything. He, they were just literally out to get like, and I have been pulled into fights because of this exact same thing. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, oh, no, we are going to fight you. We decided. This doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't recommend uh, it. Yeah. Um, so let me just, I want to double check one thing. Um, can you say something super quick? I just want to make sure audio is good here. Hello. (laughs) All right. Um, anyway, uh, so he gets harassed by these two corporate security officers in the bar who follow him out to, uh, out of the bar and down the street. And, uh, I love the way the shot stays on Andor, uh, Andor's face as he's Mm -hmm. walking away and we just hear their voices from behind. I just feel like it really creates the exact dynamic that you want, which is that feeling of walking somewhere and all of a sudden you hear someone behind you yelling for you. It's yeah. Like, oh, it stands, <laughs> like chills down your spine. You oh, know? for sure. I just thought that, and then they stay out of focus even as they like pull a gun on him and stuff. I, mm-hmm. The way he's like, listen, I got money in my pocket. He, he, you know, I'm not going to move, come and get it. Like, I don't want to, you know, exactly. You know what I mean? So I just think all, maybe that's a little bit colored by our modern day feeling of how police our, our kind of our post BLM thoughts on on police officers, right? Yeah, yeah. Colored a bit by, a bit by this, but I think what they're showing you is corrupt cops. Yeah, they're, right? it's exactly yeah. But, Which is like there's a ton of that in Star Wars. We see it all the time of like them paying yeah. officers off, and yeah, there's tons of it. That's how the Empire functions, really. Well, pretty like, much, yeah. These are like low level. They're not even in the Empire. No, they're not. Before. They're you just I mean? like yeah. They're just they're like mall cops, basically. Who yeah. got a little bit too much? Who got a little too much uh, power <laughs> given to them? So, 
I just anyway, I just think that that was really cool. So he 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 ends up headbutting this guy in the face and accidentally killing him, which I thought was super shocking. How did you react to that? Oh yeah, they died. This whole kind of interaction with him, like obviously, Cassian has very thick plot armor. Like <laughs> we know yeah, he's not yeah, gonna die. One might say, yeah, yeah he, we know he's not gonna die. So. Well, we do yeah. know he's going to die. We do well, know for sure not where during this and show. when and how. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, like it's, you're not as like concerned about his character. But yeah, I didn't think this scenario was going to play out the way it actually did. Yeah, it's I, the way that like, not only is he shocked that he's dead at all, but the way that right. the other guy reacts. Again, yeah. this is another example of how I think the performances are so good where he starts, he starts like saying like, um, you know, hey, we'll go in together. It, it was an accident. It's not. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just. You know, basically begging for his life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean? Like making up this whole this whole thing, right? Like it's. Yep. Don't worry. You know, like this. These are the things we're gonna say. Just kind of panicking, and you can feel that panic. Which, by the way, like, I like so how true. they're making up a story here, and he does that exact same thing with his friend later. Yeah, <laughs> they make up a little story. I just think it was really. I just the way that they do it is really fun. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the later scene, we'll get to that, but. Um, maybe I just like maybe the idea that he kind of picked up this idea that you could just invent a story on the spot with somebody if you had to. Right, um, right. And so anyway, he shoots him. Yeah. I was just like, Cold blood. so not expecting that. I, I thought I'm like, oh, maybe he'll like I knew shoot him in the leg sure. and run off. I just just like, I didn't think he was going to full blown shoot him in the face. Like I was like, whoa. Uh, whenever he shoots that guy in Rogue One, a, another spy. Yeah, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Fair enough. So, yeah. I don't I think I mean you could make the argument that it's like it's crazy to see Andor I get the impression that this might be Andor's first murder though. It, probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but hard to, I mean maybe not either and if it's not maybe we'll get to see that in in flashback in some way but Right. Yeah. Um, he certainly seems like this is a this is the turning point for his his life this exactly. Yeah. That's just part of picked up from Canary. Yeah, this is just kind of part of the whole in Star Wars too, like about this show being like a little bit grittier, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, more often than not, Star Wars doesn't show us the good guys killing like people almost who never. are defenseless even, or people who have given up or surrendered. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, Notorious okay, yeah. Bounty hunter. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he's just really there for to look mean, right? Yeah. And in this case, yeah, they shoot. I mean, they don't show us. No, shot in no, the no, face, no. But they cut away. But it's you know, it, yeah, that's it, it's about as gritty as you're going to get in Star Wars, and I think yeah, that's gritty enough in my opinion. Like a P, hard PG thirteen, sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Andor um, makes his way back down the causeway, uh, gets in his ship, and takes off. One thing I thought was interesting here, little uh, little thing I saw on the rewatch, as his ship flies by the camera as it's leaving uh, the sh- the planet. The mm-hmm. camera shakes a little bit, like it's like actually in the world. I thought that's an interesting idea. Oh. That the, we don't usually see that, right? Um, okay, and then we cut to Ferrix. This is the first time we're seeing this. Uh, we get uh, another title card: the Morlani system, free trade sector. So we get the sense that there, it's it's close by because it shares the same name as the, um, the the planet we were just on. The system does, um, but it's slightly different. It's not a corporation zone. It's a free trade sector, so it's a little right. different. We get we get. A little bit more understanding of that as we go. So we're introduced to our new droid for the first time, B2 Emo, or B2 for short. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, another they knocked it out of the park again. Love B two, no no notes. So good. <laughs> I just I had to make note that it's like, oh yeah, I love how in Star Wars, whenever it's like a a droid, they want you to like this is a a character droid. Like he's a main right. character. It's like they always give them like. Uh, a different colored leg or like you know what I mean right. how they're not like yep. always all put together it's super funny they're always a little bit mismatched like, I like his um I just like his vibe Everything yeah me too it. me Wait, too he's got this little spinny section mm-hmm. he's got wheels which you know is obviously always odd when you see wheels in Star Wars but you know R2 had wheels so you know whatever yeah why are um, wheels weird well you just don't see them when you see wheels they're either really tiny were really big. Yeah, I guess right? that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're hovering. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got a hardcore Wally vibes. Did you get hot? Wall- yeah, Wall-E that's exactly yeah. what I got from him for 100%. sure. I don't, I don't think that's an accident. There's that one shot of it like cruising through that like junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> big thing in the background. I'm like, that's a shot right out of Wally. I'm pretty sure. Like, pretty sure they yeah. just cut and pasted that. Um, Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, like how he can like close all up like a little trash can. He's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like they're kind of boring elements from different droids. I mean, they're, you know, yeah. this is unique in the sense that I've never seen a droid look or shape like this, but it does borrow elements from other droids that we've seen. I think. Oh, yeah. There's no completely unique ideas. The one thing that makes it extra cute, I think, is its stutter, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's right, a little I, power I, stutter or whatever it is. Yeah. It's cute. It reminds me of um, that droid from. Uh, uh, Episode nine. I try to forget about that movie, but Dio. Remember Dio? Oh yes, Dio. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, don't touch me or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I guess he's kind of got that same kind of stutter going, and you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, Cassian is uh, so he ends up looking for Cassian and uh, finds him sleeping on a ship. So we get our first flashback here. Um, we hear the the word Casa for the first time. It's his sister speaking to him. Again, this no unknown language. We've kind of touched about this already. No adults. So what do you make of that? Why are there no adults here? Real um Um I mean, I we like I kind of speculated about this like later on in that they probably died in the mining accident. And that's why Right. You know, because the when they just say later about how there's a mining accident. Um yeah, that was kind of my because I, I obviously I clocked that there were no adults and I was like, hmm, that's weird. Why would there just be a bunch of kids in the woods? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're obviously like kind of like wondering about okay, where are the adults? But um, yeah, like later on when they kind of talk about, I guess the planet being toxic, it's like either mm-hmm. the adults couldn't handle the planet being toxic, or you know, yeah, what that's I mean? interesting. But, I wonder if the kids are somehow immune. Yeah, or maybe if they've maybe just the planet grown isn't up with it. actually toxic and they mm-hmm. just went like the empire went and killed a bunch. I mean, I guess that took well, place pre-empire. It, it did look like it was though because those other guys that crashed were all yellow and I assume that's because the planet was toxic. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I don't maybe, but like maybe not to people who actually live there and maybe all the adults Yeah, but also like what how's that work then? Cuz these are humans. Yeah. And those are humans and they just died and then they're on the ship and then we see his mom. He meets his quote unquote mom mm-hmm. later on. And uh, they're wearing masks, but they keep taking them off. And that one guy, yeah. he's dead, but he's wearing a mask because a mask is on his face. So it's like, it's very confusing. And there's like, who knows? <laughs> greenish yellow smoke coming out of that crashed ship that looks very similar to the color of the faces that they were. Mm, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't that know. one's the, the, it is a bit of a mystery. I think it's going to get unwound for us. Yeah, one eventually. The, the, um, one of the, theories that I saw online was that it's like a false flag operation that the Republic was committing um, 
you know, under Palpatine's orders. Because this was during the Clone Wars, it seems like. Yeah, uh, but it also seems like on the edge. Like the midrim system. No, no. To me, I kind of figured that it, it. This seemed like it was, um, like Republic, but bad Republic, not well, good the, Republic. The people on the ground are wearing separatists um, badges. Yeah, so it's possible that it's like a. Um, uh, they're carrying like a a bio hat, like bio mm. agent or something. Yeah, maybe something like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's pot. Like, here's what maybe what happened. It's possible that there was an actual mining accident that killed the adults, mm-hmm. and then this ship crash lands, and there's a bio agent that's released, and then that's when the empire. Oh, I see. I see. As a a toxic thing, I don't know. Could be. Just yeah, you're right. Different speculating ideas here. It is interesting that we don't know for sure, and it's kind of fun to kind of piece that together. Yeah. Um, and so we see a ship crashing, very beautiful to look at. Um, and, uh, we cut back to Ferrix. Uh, we meet a friend, Brasso. Love the name Brasso. Cool name. Um, <laughs> and he was, turns out he was looking for him the night before. Um, or we found out, we find out about a friend, Brasso. We don't meet him yet here. This is still B2 talking. Um, and, uh, there's the key part, pausing for data lag. <laughs> pausing yeah. data like, he's like trying to remember something um, so cute and then I also love how he's like can you lie for me he's like uh, I think I have enough power to do that it's yeah extra power to lie <laughs> and he's like you can tell no one where I am and where I'm going or whatever he's like that's two lies yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, adorable so yeah it's so good I think that like and then he pulls a little piece of scrap out of B2 and yeah like, oh they're doing that thing where like if he's nice to an animal and droids mm-hmm. are essentially dogs pretty so, much yeah yeah so he was like, "Oh, he's nice to the to the to the droid, so he must be a nice guy." Yeah, exactly. Right? A classic move. Only bad guys are mean to droids. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, okay, so um, just like in, in any other movie, if someone's mean to a dog, you know oh, they're a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we get this really cool shot of a li- like series of shots of a lively town of Ferrix. This is what I was talking about before. This kind of like lived in real world people moving around, lots of extras. Lots of aliens in costume. Um, some really cool world building stuff here too. We get this like wall of gloves. I think it's a beautiful shot. Kind of like punch cards. Kind of yeah. Like cards. Like all different um, colors. Yeah. And then you get the this guy. These kind of like these personnel carriers that look like giant like luggage carriers. Yeah. Um, those are kind of cool. It's just like you get this vibe. It's a blue collar town. This yeah. is like a. This is like Hamilton back in the day or whatever. Like a, it's like Steel Town basically, right? Like factory mm-hmm. workers. Um, so Andor meets Brasso. We meet him for the first time. And uh, this is where I was saying before, where they come up with this alibi. He needs him to, ha- he needs an alibi for where he was last night. Right. Right. And I just love, I just really enjoyed that. I thought they had really good chem- chemistry. I was kind of like, that's not what happened. It's yeah. actually what happened. And then I like when, when Brasso kind of like buys in and he's like, yeah. And then I was offended. So you came here to apologize to me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is also the first time we get the reference to the, how his mom's house isn't heated. And, oh, uh, like, yeah. Like, you can afford to turn the heat on. Like, remind her to do that. And it's referenced like three or four times. Mm-hmm. In, like, episodes. And we actually see her like breath later on. Yes, yeah. Um, it's really, like really cold in there. That's interesting. I don't know what they're getting at at that. It's either that they're super poor or that you know, there's something else going on. It's unclear. Yeah. So we cut back to Marlana 1. We get uh, the corporate security headquarters and this might be my favorite scene of all three episodes 
This one and another one with the corporate security officers are yeah. my favorite scenes. Okay. In my opinion. So this one is the this one's oh chef's kiss. We meet two new characters, Chief Hine and Deputy Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn. Mm-hmm. Um what a little weasel I know. is, right? <laughs> Just a little brown noser, right? Yeah. And uh so they discuss um that the they discuss the crime that Andor committed, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, um, you know, uh, I wanted to bring this to you before you left because I thought this was really important because two people were murdered, right? Right. So this is where there's some interesting... I saw a tweet about this, which I thought was very funny. I don't know if I have it um, handy, but it was basically like, people were like, well, he's just doing his job. Like, he's like, people were murdered. He, they, 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 you know, he's investigating. What, you know, yeah. why are we framing this person as a bad guy? But it's like, the, the tweet was basically like, hey, we already established that bad guys in Star Wars are space Nazis. Yeah. So if you're going to use, if you're yeah. gonna use the, the defense that they're just doing their job, you're not mm-hmm. paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is kind of like the, you know, the, the whole trope of like the gung-ho young cop yes. A, yes. in the Nazis town. Yeah, yeah, in the town where like everybody else is like, ugh, just leave it. Like, who cares? <laughs> right? Right. So you, you got this, you've got this, um, not necessarily corrupt, but at least lackadaisical no. yeah. um, uh, environment, right? I, 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 I love it when, so we get Inspector, uh, sorry, Chief Hine, who's played by Rupert Vance, Vansetart, um, who you might recognize from Game of Thrones. He played um, Jan Royce. Uh, if you're watching House of Dragon, we just met another Royce. No. Anyway, um, Great actor. I loved his performance here. Just totally yeah. role. And uh, so he, I love when he lays it out for him. He's Me like, too. Listen. He's like, these were two bad cops yeah. that were in a brothel where they're not supposed to be. <laughs> one that's too expensive that they shouldn't be able to afford. Yeah. Drinking something that they're not supposed to drink. And, and then they ended up probably, he's like, even absolutely nails it. Yeah. He's like, they probably harassed the wrong person. And, uh, and and paid the price and paid for right? it. Yeah, like yeah. he's just like this isn't worth our time. They're terrible at their job anyway. Like, oh, I love when like, he's like, oh, he's like he's the worst person. He's like one of the worst people I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love when he says that. He's literally he's like one yeah one of the worst people I've ever met, which is like really funny to hear. Yes. Like a a whatever empire or not. He's well, not empire, like, but you know what he is. Like, like, he's a bureaucrat, right? Yeah, like, he's just. He's a middle he's manager, just, right? He's just straight up like that guy sucked, and I don't want to well, deal with the paperwork on yeah. this anyway because, like, yeah, exactly. All those things you listed—they weren't supposed to be there. They shouldn't be able to afford that place, and they probably pissed off the wrong person. So, right. um, yeah. So it's I, I just and he even says like I'm surprised he didn't die a lot lot sooner. <laughs> yeah, that was such a good line too. And like the face of of Cyril as this is happening is just like pure shock. He's like, this yeah, is basically, um. Wake, he's being exposed to this mentality for the first time and he just does not agree with it. He's like, this I, is wrong. I also right? very much love how he <laughs> like basically chirps cereal for tailoring his uniform. Like, you modify your uniform? He's yeah. like, uh, perhaps a little. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and he's like all embarrassed. He's like, and a, a little bit of tailoring. And it's like, you can oh, tell yeah, his like, is all like so snug. Funny. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, it fits so well. And he's like, yeah, if you put some piping in some pockets. Yeah. You don't need extra piping on your uniform. Get, it's get lost, so Cyril. funny. And then, yeah, I did notice that later on when you see other people, like their uniforms are like baggier and looser and his yeah. is all like, it looks like it's too tight. Like it would, 
it, it does like restrict like him. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't can't move in that very well. Yeah. yeah. Like he's picking fashion uh, over, uh, yeah. you know, how things work. But so Chief Hine wants to sweep this under the rug. Yeah. Uh, he wants him to come up with a suitable accident report that makes them out to be, you know, died helpful, I think is what he said. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Not too heroic. We don't want yes. to parade. Um, and uh, and says that he's off to a uh, imperial regional um, something or other inspection committee, etc. Sorry, imperial regional command review. It just sounds like more bureaucracies, you know. Yeah. And uh, and he's asked to make a report about their crime rates. And again, I just love everything about the way he talks. In this, like everything about it is so cool. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, minimizing the time the empire spends thinking about Priox Marana benefits our superiors and by extension everyone here on Priox inspection security team which for now includes you right right which is a vague veiled threat yeah you know yeah and and that like hey if you don't do this i will fire you yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying um and i just love the way he's like listen i gotta go to this thing the the, the most important thing about about this whole thing brief they don't want to hear about us they don't want to know anything no. right i don't want to they don't need to know about this right it's the last thing that they need to know. So we're just yeah. going to pretend it didn't happen and move on with our lives. Which he basically and, basically telling him, like, don't make a lot of noise about this. Who cares? Move on. Yeah. And he does the complete opposite. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So cut to Ferrix. Uh, Andor meets with an old friend, Bix, um, who is played by... I don't have her here. Um, but also another, another great actor, because I thought her performances were great also. Um, she's like a scrapyard worker. Yeah. Uh, Adria Arjona is her name. I don't see if I recognize her from anything. Um, oh, she was in Morbius. <laughs> I, um, I didn't see that movie. Um, anyway, um, I thought she was great here. And so she's got this kind of like edginess to her that I, I yeah, I liked her a lot. And or look kind of, uh, 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 sketchy you know like he's got like a little bit like a, a little bit like a like a drug addict kind of vibe going yeah yeah in this episode and like you understand why he's obviously super nervous and stuff but she's mm-hmm. like cool it man like you're gonna call too much attention to us basically so i liked her her vibe um so he's looking to sell some contraband to her secret fence um and he wants to speed up the process um he needs money so he can lay low for a while makes sense um, he has an untraceable NS9 star path unit with vector crystals and imperial seals still intact. I don't know what that means. It's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But <laughs> my understanding is that it basically lets them like use imperial um, uh, sp- like space routes and like disguise right. themselves as an imperial ship. That's kind of what I picked up. It's like your uh, yeah. like your codes and all that. That it's just like when you when you're flying around, you look like you're an imperial ship, so they don't yeah, it's care. Like a transponder or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, obviously, super valuable thingamajig. She's pissed because she feels like she's holding out. On, he's been holding out on her, but she's been skimming off the top, which is the classic like criminal partnership. <laughs> like we both we both kind of do our own thing while we work together. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. We're all hunky dory. Um, while they're there, they get interrupted by Bex's new boyfriend, <laughs> uh, Tim. <laughs> I love a- when. I love when we get Star Wars names that are just like regular names. Yeah. And then just but, add an extra vowel yes. or something to them. So it's funny. This, I, I get the same tickle when I watch Game of Thrones and it's like, yeah. you know, Lord Jason. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, Tim, with an extra M, um, is asking about a bid for a Mobani run. Now, this is a fun Easter egg. Mobani is the first place we see in Rogue One. It's where Jin, Jin Urso is locked up on Imperial Detention oh, Center. Oh, okay. So um, anyway, Bix agrees and that she'll reach out to her contact. Um, but uh, and and as Andor leaves, Tim isn't happy that he's like that. She's like hanging around with Andor. This is like one of those classic like clingy boyfriend moves. Yeah, you know? like jealous. Or, yeah, I don't like I don't like who you're hanging out with. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, and like by the way, Andor's response: find yourself a less complicated woman. Yeah, solid, solid comeback. <laughs> and good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. So anyway, first thoughts on Bix. Oh yeah, like I I liked her a lot. I liked her vibe and yeah, her demeanor and everything. Like I just I thought she was really good. Like she basically she intrigued me right away. I was like, oh okay, this seems like a really like cool character. And I like when they don't give like female characters just some kind of like boring bullshit like receptionist job. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's not just like she's not just like a a waitress or like a whatever. Like some other. She's a scrapper. Yeah, like it's cool. cool. Like she's a full blown scrapper and a little bit of a criminal, and I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got an edge. Like yeah, she's a little edgy. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get on our second flashback. Uh, the group of kids is getting ready to investigate the crash site. Um, they're putting face paint on, like war paint or camo. It's unclear. It's kind of got this vibe of like, um, I think we're supposed to feel like it, and they have like these blow dart things later on. Yeah, it's supposed to feel like indigenous peoples. I think I so, guess. yeah. But it's like, but like they also are wearing like what looks like to be like clothes that the miners used to wear. So mm-hmm. it's like, are they the kids of the 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 miners? Like, if so, why are they all speaking different languages? Or are they literally like, or was there some sort of like genocide? And then the ones that are left, yeah, they are yeah. indigenous to that planet. Or whatever, like it's so. I it's very. It's anyway. There's lots to to unpack here. I just yeah. Time. I got the feeling that it was like you know, kind of the older kids do like hunting, right? So they go out and hunt and bring back for the rest of them, right? So, and that he was trying to Cassian's trying to make his way in there, but he's a bit too young still, or whatever, you know. Right. The leader's like, no, it's cool. You can come. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, we go back to Mabani. Cyril decides he's going to take on this case, despite what his uh, commander says. And he first starts by looking into Andor's ship, despite some initial pushback. Again, this lackadaisical nature of like, oh, you want me to look into this? It's going to take all night. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, or like, he's like, oh, you know how it gets. Like, it's busy. And he's like, well, I don't know which is worse. You know, like our laziness mm-hmm. or the fact that our corporate borders are unprotected. Like, yeah. Ugh. More boots, and you can tell they all just don't like him. Like they're like, oh, this guy comes in here and thinks he can shape this place up, right? Where they're all just like, like we like we're all comfortable here, just (laughs) doing our half-assed work. Yeah, like Um, we're not being bothered. Just fuck out of here. (laughs) Then you get this go-getter coming in and ruining it all. Uh, Yeah, just like I said, a real brown noser. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like him. Like it's not that he's like one of those. You know what I mean? It's not that he's like, oh, he's like a super mean. He's not super evil. He's not twisting his mustache. He's he feels like he's trying to do the right thing, but he's his motivations are all twisted. Yeah, I was like, ah, you're just one of those. You're just one of those. (laughs) It's like Like, you're the guy. You're really trying to do this because you feel like you there's a murder that needs to be solved, or you're doing this because yeah, you got to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself. Yeah, you you know you need to show that 
you know, exactly. this, is a, this is a noble job or yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Whatever. He's the guy that makes everybody else's job harder and more annoying. Exactly. And you're just yeah. like, everyone hates that guy. No like, one likes that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Half effort always. Get out of here. Right. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Guy. Right. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, he decides he's going to take this on, on this case. We cut back to Ferrix. Andor is held up by a guy who owes him money. Uh, and we get to see Andor do his classic talk his way out of this problem. And I loved how this scene plays out because it's like, at first it starts off like, like a, like when, um, uh, uh, when Han is being harassed for money, you know? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, I'll get your money. You know, yeah. even, I get, <laughs> even I get stopped sometimes, you know, like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I it got, had that vibe. To it. I very much got like, you know, kind of Han solo owing people money vibes from him for yeah. sure. I'm like, and I love but, how, yeah, how, like, this seems like it's a little bit more like gambling, though. Like it's not. Right. I'm sure Han kind of is too, but with Cassian, 100%. it seemed like he's that guy that always owes everybody money, and yes. like borrows money from some person to pay back somebody else, and like bookies and that kind of stuff, right? Like yeah. just down on his luck, can't can't get out of this hole that he's dug himself. Yeah, I mean, um, I think they paint the picture. This is the classic show don't tell stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do earlier in the episode, they have that line where from um, uh, the droid where he's like, and your mom said that you're eventually going to find yourself in a position where you can't talk yourself out of it. And she's worried yeah. about you or whatever. And like, and he's like, okay, I get it. And then we get to see it in action here. And he, like, yes. I like how he knows the muscle guy. And he's like, you're going to work. You're working for him now. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're just desperate for work. I you know, love like, that whole interaction. Uh, and then the way he looks, and then when he walks away, and they're like, listen, I'm going to do us a favor and pretend like this never happened. Yeah. And, and then they like look at each other, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so I loved good. how that big guy, too, was yeah. just like, he's like, I was just supposed to stand here. Like, it's like he wasn't even paid to do <laughs> yeah. anything. He was yeah, just exactly. to stand there. Yeah. It's so That's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm friends with this guy, too. Like, get out of here. You're not going to beat me up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Are you threatening me? Yeah. You're trying like, to shake so me this down. Is, this is like a classic. Um, if you're like, oh, this doesn't feel like Star Wars, which fair enough. There's parts that certainly don't. But I think that actually is more to this show's strength for anything. But this is a classic feels like Star Wars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Bix goes for a stroll through town. Tim follows her. She He's kind of being a little too nosy, but loses her in the crowd. She goes to pick up some parts from a scrapyard and sneaks into a hiding space. Uh, with a transmitter in a tower. And this is how she reaches out to her contact. A cool little hiding spot, if you ask me. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I like that shot of her like from above and she's just like inside there. It's a really cool shot. Yeah. Um, Cut back to Mobani. We're catching... I mean, this show does... Again, this is what I mean by classic television. This is not spending all our time with one character and then we'll spend an episode with another. This is cutting back and forth, hyper-serialized storytelling. Um, that that uh, that can move pretty quick at times, but in general, it's just it's a long drawn out story. So right. We're gonna yeah. See, we're seeing the 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 detective work essentially that's going in to finding out who Andor is in the first place. So uh, Cyril meets with the team. They have a lead. They found out that the ship went to Ferrix. So annoyed, he uh, gets them to put out a bulletin. Again, he's fighting this this bureaucracy right mm-hmm. within his own in his own department where he's like. They're like, well, have you ever been there? He's like, why would that matter? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's like getting all annoyed, but like, but not an annoyed in like a thoughtful way, annoyed in like a pissy way. And this yeah. is why I, people don't like him. Interesting. Uh, my girlfriend mentioned that the reason she didn't like him 
American accent. Which uh, <laughs> I thought was funny because we're, oh, yeah, so so we're so used to so uh, funny these Imperials with their British accents. That's and like, well, they actually really evil, funny. Yeah. Right? So, and then we we got that like Southern accent guy in Mandalorian who also sounded evil. Mm-hmm. This is just this is just that 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 American accent that again that that kind of like office worker do gooder right annoying, right yeah annoying accent. So it's like yeah. I thought that was interesting. You don't he's not in the. It would be funny if later on if he like makes his he's because he's the exact right type of person to to like quote unquote succeed in the empire. Oh, he right? absolutely is. Yeah. So he um it'd be funny if he like puts on a fake little accent later on because yeah. he feels like he needs it to like fit in or whatever. <laughs> be interesting. Um, but I do like this interaction too because I feel like again they're trying to tell him they're because don't they say something along the lines of like things are just done differently down there like you know yeah, what I mean it's like, like and they're just like, uh, it? it's like it's like yeah like, uh, but yeah, technically it is yeah right? but even they're like oh we don't really go there and do stuff because it's just like it's kind of like you know those <laughs> again that old trope of like that neighborhood won't talk to cops right like it's mm-hmm. like you're not going to mm-hmm. get any info out of those people so why bother going down there like who cares right. yeah yeah and i just like we had a little bit of world building here which is the idea that this corporation doesn't just own that planet owns multiple planets in the system now this is kind right. of like an extension so they don't have like full control they technically are under the jurisdiction of these guys but it's it's not something that like they say later on it's like if they don't like it they can file a, a complaint as official review or whatever right. it's like uh more bureaucracy yeah um, okay so we cut to Ferrix. Andor is still hiding out on a ship, um, which turns out isn't even even his. Um, he's switching out the trip log after refueling it, um, lying about how he's quote unquote leaving the ship better than he found it. A friend, another quote unquote friend of his, is annoyed <laughs> and tells him he's not. He's like he's done with it. No more favors. I'm done with this. Um, again, painting this kind of picture of kind of how Andor has ended up in this. Sp- like place like why yeah how is he treated by his people you know he does have friends but even his friends are a little worried about him and and, and yeah but it does start to see like it seems like he's running out of luck he's like he needs to get out of this place because he's running out of favors and he's kind of running out of friends almost like he's got his few like two good ones but everybody else is sort of fed up with him right so they're just like i'm not doing stuff for you anymore like get out of here putting too much like this is too much like risk for me like it's not worth it exactly you're not even gonna like what are you how are you helping me here you're not yeah you know you're just putting me in trouble so i i can understand that um so another flashback Andor says goodbye to his sister, which I find interesting the way that this plays out because he like hops out of his little cabin thing and he's like about to leave. And then his sister has to like run after him and be like, hey, are you not going to say goodbye? Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's probably the last time he sees her. Yeah. Right. And well, it, it certainly is the last time he sees her because he's taken from the planet after that. Right. And he's, I mean, assuming he remembers all this so clearly, which it seems like he is because he's like dreaming about it. Um, He's got to feel guilty about this because he almost walked out on his, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, you never know when it's the last time you're going to see somebody. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if you, like, what if you, the last time you, you saw your parents, you were, you were fighting with them. And then it's like, you would feel guilty about that for the rest of your life. Oh, you know? of course. So now, yeah. So I find that, I just find like, that's a really interesting character motivation for him. And, I, and, and just so subtly done here. Well done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's episode one. I think pretty good, but not the best one. Uh, I think it improves as we go along. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we have lots to cover. Let's luckily we've already met a lot of these characters now, so we can just yeah cruise through the second episode. So the second episode's called "That Would Be Me," 
which I guess is implying that they put out this bulletin, um, which, by the way, I mentioned, I didn't mention before, um, Cyril insists that they put out a bulletin that they're looking for a canary mail uh, and seeking for questioning, right? Right, right. Um, and uh, they set up a little desk so that they can, you know, uh, uh, you know, take the calls or whatever they're coming in, et cetera. So um, this bulletin is out and it's kind of like making waves and, you know, and or being the kind of titular character, obviously. Kind of, unless you have other where you know other reasoning for why that might be the title, I, I can't think of one. Yeah, I don't think so. It's yeah. Okay. All right, so we start with flashback here. So we ended with the last episode of flashback. We start with flashback. The Canary kids are making their way towards the crashed ship. They pass an abandoned pit, uh, mine pit, absolutely massive. Yeah, I was just gonna shot. say that was such a beautiful shot. Like just so cool. I'm gonna be in Australia, obviously, for work, and I'm expected to i'll probably see some of these mines i hear that there's unbelievably massive Ooh, like I, can't, cool. I can't really even wrap my head around it's like like you know i have the grand canyon it's kind of like that yeah but i guess like a man-made it's pretty crazy hmm. to think about it It takes hours to get to the bottom yeah apparently. huh it, yeah interesting um so uh where were we uh back on ferrix uh a guy with i guess okay so this is which we'll pause here for a quick second this mine is abandoned. We see all the mining equipment. Is, yeah, it's is all broken. Falling apart, mm-hmm. broken. Not really any clues here, but it is interesting to see that, like, um, how big the, the mining operation really was. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just something that quickly got started and shut down. Like, it was it was established. Right. Um, okay, so, Ferrix, a guy with hammers plays a giant bell. Yeah. Giant <laughs> bell, question mark. I thought that was really cool. I liked it. I thought it was really cool. Things. Yeah. I like how he like really liked his job, seemingly. <laughs> it's like he yeah. like does this little pause and then is like, and go. You know? Uh, I thought that was cool. We get a beautiful shot of a sunset over this tower. I'm not, it's not clear to me if that tower is real. I think it might be, but it might be also that the base of the tower is real and then the rest yeah. is CG and then they did the, um, they like blue screened the, uh, the top right. of it or something. Right. I don't know. I'm actually very curious to know how they did that, of all things. Um, so they, we see these shots of people getting off shift. This is kind of like, hey, it's the it's the the whistle. Everyone heading home, heading hitting the bars. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I, it just again this really this clear vibe of of this blue collar town. Yeah, right? exactly. And dirty and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, meanwhile, uh, Bex is reading a monitor. Tim interrupts her. Um, to hit on her, basically. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she takes off, but he's skeptical and looks into what she was reading. And it's the report or the bulletin that they put out, which says, and again, rare. I don't think that we've all, we, this almost, I, this might be the, the, this might be a Star Wars first. I don't know for sure. But on screen translation of the uh, Star Wars text. Oh, of the Arabesh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen that yeah. before. Um, and kind of like it, they do it in that modern way, like they're reading a text message. Right. Know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, that was like popularized by uh, House of Cards. So um, he's reading this, this, this bulletin. Premore authority seeking Canary male resident of Ferrick for, question, for questioning. Citizens with any information, please contact the Preox Merlana Security HQ without delay. And then it highlights Canary male. Yes. Without delay. without delay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
then you see Tim's gears kind of turning in his head and you're like, don't you do it, you son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> well, I think it's like he's, I think his heart's in the right place too, which is like, this is guy's bad news. He's obviously done something that he shouldn't have. There's Here's an opportunity for me to, mm. to like get him off the board. You know, like. I don't know. I think he's just jealous and he's just like, fuck that guy. He's trying to get with my girl. I'm going to tell on him. <laughs> yeah, but like it's, I get the impression, it sounds it, like the impression is that like Bix and Andor have known each other like longer than Tim. Right, yeah. So, but he probably thinks like, that there's some like underlying thing there, right? Like, yeah, but again, this is kind of one of those things where like lessons in um, communication. I well, guess, yes, like, yeah. But she's doing shady stuff, so he's not, he doesn't want, she doesn't yeah. want to tell her. She keeps telling him like, she's doing errands. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I got errands. Every time like, it's like errands. You don't have anything better to say. They got nothing more specific <laughs> yeah. you want to get. But like um, in that scene, she's like, I thought we agreed we're only to do this once a week. Right. Like they're wanting, she's trying to take it slow. Right. And right. He isn't feeling that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've certainly been there, so I can understand that. But like, <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I, I feel for the guy, but he's going about it all the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know? So. He is he is a dick. Long story short, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, Andor heads home, and this is the first time we see his mom, Marva Andor. This is played by a lady who's from Harry Potter, I believe. Um, is putting she? a pretty good performance here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is she. So her name is Marva Andor. This is presumably where uh, Cassian gets his name from, right? She kind of adopts him or whatever, or forges documents that she that he's her son, right? Right. Um, you get the impression that you know that 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 guy that they were with in the flashbacks is dead. I think it's implied that he was hanged, right? Um, right. Though we don't know for sure. So I, she's got a real tragic story. I'm excited to see to see if we see more of it. I assume we will. Um, but for the for the sake of the show, we're just going to call her mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marva, mom. Um, and, uh, so she's worried about him, but he's like, he's also like this whole episode, a lot of lying through the teeth, right? He's doing his whole thing. Like, Oh yeah. You know, um, I would have come home last night, but, uh, he's like trying to like weave in his, his made up story that he made with his buddy. Right. And right. Like, yeah, but I crashed in my buddy's place and I was over on the other side of town. So I just figured I'd stay there and I'm, you know, I've been trying to get home all day. It's just been really hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so he does come off as very believable when he does that stuff. Right. I think, I think there's a reason he gets by as being someone who can talk his way out of problems. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so she knows about the bulletin and then I think this scene is really good. One of my favorites, um, where she starts grilling him about mm-hmm. who he told that he was. Um, oh, right. Yes. On Inari, right. And I love how he's like, well, you told people too. He's like, all the people I know are dead. <laughs> he's like, he's yeah. like, he's like, that's, I don't, I think that I find that hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, right. But anyway, it all ended up like, so it's this classic, like parents, like uh, uh, uh child kind of dynamic where she's frustrated him for making mistakes. Right. Yeah. Some of those being her own. And then um, it kind of devolves down into like, Hey, listen, I messed up and you know, I, I'm going to need help. Right. So I think it's very sweet. Yeah. At the end. Um, Andor meets with Bix at a bar. Uh, so I here's I think we should just pause here quickly to mention this. Now the show is moving at a very fast pace. Yes, yeah, right? it picks and up. The actual, the actual, and from by the way, I mean not from a, a thematically, it's still a slow burn. But f- like lit, the show itself is literally like cutting 
quick. These scenes are not long. Right. And we, from a timeline perspective, we're only not even 48 hours into the whole length of the story. I right. Think yeah. The first, the first three episodes cover two days, basically. <laughs> not even two full days. So here we are. He's he's committed the uh, you know the, the night of before you know the the opening scene he commits the murder the next day he's looking to sell that device so he can get so he can yeah so he can leave yeah well yeah and now here's day two um and uh, he's like you know what now that he knows about this this uh, this uh, bulletin he's like screw it I will sell this thing to you that he said he wasn't going to do before right, right? yes he's yes going to get out of here and he's and Bix is like. Well, no, the buyer's already on the way, so like, there's nothing we can do. He'll be he'll be here in the morning, right? Meanwhile, sketchy ass Tim hanging out behind the bar, like, <laughs> basically spying on them, yeah, like, drinking, right? And so he's like, "Oh man," he's like, "Now he's he's putting pieces together." He's like, "This guy's clearly the guy, right? He's hanging out with my girl. Bad, you know, bad news. Um, I'm super jealous, and I'm gonna get him off the off the board here." So he. And he's drunk, so he's making bad decisions. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, yeah, he sees that, like, a very small interaction where Cassian puts his hand on Bix's. Hand. Yeah. And but he doesn't see when she removes when it. She, yeah, but she removes it, like, a second later, right? So it's that whole thing where it's like, you know, he's oh, like, that miscommunication. It. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, there's something going on between them, and that's why she's not right. moving faster with me and all that other stuff, right? So, yeah. Right. he's pl- She's playing the field. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, he's mad, he's jealous, he's drunk. So he goes and makes a terrible decision and goes to a fancy, a really cool looking sci-fi phone booth and calls the Preox Morlano authorities and uh, yeah. rats him out. You know what has never worked in a relationship? Um, calling the cops on your significant other's yeah. friend <laughs> that they're trying to help. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, he's going to stop hanging out with this guy. He's doing too much drugs. And then you're like, He's around one day and you call the cops on him as he's doing drugs. Yeah. A, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Not, not earn anyone's favor doing that. No. I don't know how I don't know how it happened. They must have just been driving by and thought they're probably smoking crack in there or yeah. something. And I've been, I've been, you know what I mean? Like it's just not gonna work out for you, man. Um, okay. So back on Morlana, uh, they get Andor's name and image, presumably from Tim, and uh, and they pull his record. Says he's born on Fest, which is another planet I don't think I've heard of before. Um, the woman, which we don't see, this is I think part of the kind of subtle storytelling, which I do appreciate. It's more adult; it's less on the nose, um, and and again appreciated from my perspective. While they're talking about this, he's like, "Oh, we have a suspect." It's like they're kind of skeptical about how, yeah, like we don't know. And then we see the woman from the brothel is there, yeah, but she doesn't say anything; just in the background, and she's not even fully in focus. But because of her very super distinct haircut, we know who she is. Yes, yeah. Um, and so she probably fingers him. Right yeah, there. of so course, yeah. yeah. Guy, right? So I think that's, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then we got back to Ferris. Uh, Tim is visited by Bix at his house. I thought this was so cool. So uh, she says that she couldn't sleep. She's surprised because he'd blown her off. And right, yeah. He thought she was out with Andor. And... Uh, He's like, can I get you a drink? Or, and he's super awkward too. He's right, like, yeah, yeah. I'm here. He's like trying to play it cool. And he's like, you know what? Actually, you know what? No, I do want you to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, can I get you a drink? He's like, no, I've had enough, which I thought was an interesting line. And mm-hmm. he's like, I, I like how his reaction to it was kind of like, oh, I wonder what that means. Yeah, right? yeah. And then she takes off her shirt and then they make out. 
um, I guess a sex scene is implied. Yeah. Which, again, this like this level of like adult imp- uh, content, quote unquote, right? Is like yeah. the, of like um, her taking off her shirt, um, her not having pants on in the morning. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all this stuff is very much more risque than we're used to in Star Wars. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's the other? Okay, are we? Where is there another Star Wars first, or are we already touched on it? Uh, what was I thinking? It was. You said there was one. Was the uh the brothel? It was the you brothel. Was I don't know. I can't remember now. Okay. I think it might have just been the brothel, and then seeing a good guy shoot a guy in the face. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's just what I mean uh, about it. Like being a little bit grittier is like, oh, sure. okay, you're getting a little bit more of that like darker kind of. Well, Whatever. I was surprised they didn't just go full on like, hey, we're gonna pull this makeout sesh and it's they're gonna fall onto the bed, and that's even more implied. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't even go that far. So I did no. you know what? A little, you know, a little uh disappointed. You should she could have gone the full <laughs> way, you know. Uh not a full sex scene, I'm saying, but like it could have at least implied it a little stronger, you know. I think you, it was implied enough. Imply it, imply it a little bit, you know, go you know, make the message clear, you know. <laughs> anyway, um stores is for kids, everyone. Everyone relax. Okay? Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so Morlana, back on Morlana one. This is my second favorite scene, I think, of all these three, uh, of of all the three episodes. I just these scenes where we're watching Cyril try to navigate the bureaucracy of this of this thing, just echoes of the Empire and all this. I just find it the world building here to be so fascinating. And then we get to meet Sergeant Mosk, and I love this guy. <laughs> it's so funny. I love him. His like. He's kind of like military do-gooder. Yeah. He's also so they kind of like fit together like that. Yeah. I love like he's like dereliction of duty, sir. He's like he's like you're right. That is totally what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like he's like find someone who understands me. Yeah. It's like you God, know? you're both losers. <laughs> right. So he's like, I'm sorry to wake you up in the middle of the night, but we have a dangerous suspect uh, on on the move. Right. He's like. Totally understandable. So I like. By the way, I love his like Scottish accent. Yeah, I do I just, like it too. It all totally. It's just perfect casting. Yeah. Um, and uh, by the way, I'll just cut to this right now because I'm. Well, we're talking about how much I love Mosk in the third episode when they think that they got him with the 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 speeder. Yes. And they look at each other, and he's got this like little smile on his face. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. So funny. It's, it's literally, there's also a moment later where he's like we're completely surrounded or yeah. whatever like they're everywhere <laughs> yeah. and it's like holy shit that's the funny shit oh that's yeah good stuff and that's they're just kind of like humor. it's like that uh kind of like you know like the bumbling stormtroopers that can't hit yes. anything but this is like the same thing where it's just like yeah mm-hmm. you guys are idiots like the whatever the head guy was he the i don't know what they called him Cyril or, or um, Inspector General. Yeah, it's like he told you to just sweep it under the rug and you did the complete opposite. Like right. you blew and everything up. <laughs> the moment, Well, the moment when he, you actually just, you see the moment when he decides he's going to yeah. go against his commander's officer. He's standing outside that door and he had, and this is in episode one. And then there's like those two other officers who walk by and they're like, looking good or whatever, like clearly making fun of him. Yes, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> Thank, thank you. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's kind of sad. You almost feel bad for the guy, but he, then <laughs> you're like, you get this moment where he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to do the right thing. Is yeah. He's going yeah. through his head. And then he walks in and treats that other guy like shit. Yeah. So this is the old, you know, the bullied. Yes. The bullies. Yes. Yes. Uh, old move here. So um, 
he meets with Sergeant Mosk, and um, I just, again, I love, I wish I could just repeat all of his lines of dialogue here about how he's like, he's like, how many people would you think? He's like, mm, at least 12 people for sure. We're going to need, we're going to need 12. And it's like, and it's like, well, you know, they're moving fast. He's like, yeah, no, tempo. You're going to need tempo. That's important. I also like how he, um, he's like, there's nothing better than, uh, than uh, 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 officers on the officers in the field, um, and a, 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 a dis, like a distinct and strong sense of purpose. Yeah, nothing beats that. It's like, oh my god, you are a <laughs> loser. You just for this job, like, what is you not have a personal life? What is? Yeah. So, um, he wants to pull twelve guys together, and they're going to go after Andor fast, right? Um, and. Uh, he makes this line, which is in the trailer, and I just think it's so good. I'll repeat it here. He's like, "We need." It. I always felt we need a stronger hand with these affiliated planets. By the way, talking about this idea of this kind of system that they control. Right, um, yeah. I think we need a, a firmer hand. Pockets are fermenting. The way he says pockets are fermenting yeah. is like so just like evocative. I just really think it's cool. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And again, they use that in the trailer because I think they also knew that it was really cool. Um, so he also says corporate tactical forces are the empire's first line of defense and the best way to keep the blade sharp is to use it these are this is the definition of a fascist oh yeah people who are in strong force used to control the populace and that yes as long as things are the trains are running on time and and things are moving running smoothly the ends justify the means so you know in in Cyril's mind he's kind of like a He's like one of these people that can be easily uh, uh, radicalized, you know, where absolutely again, he feels like his heart's in the right place. But now he's gotten this little taste of power of how things are supposed to work. You know, when later on, when he like uh, when they barge into that into the mom's home and Ooh, yeah. he's like, shut her up or whatever. It feels like things are getting out of hand for him he, so quickly. Absolutely. Spiraling yeah. out of control. And he doesn't know how to handle it. No. And, and but he at the same time, it does seem like he is like, OK. If I'm loud and angry, I can make things happen. Right. Yeah. I need things to happen in a certain way. So that's going to work for me. I just think that that's a, a watching it happen in real time is very fascinating. Um, so um, they decide that they're going to head out uh, back to Ferex. Andor's mom is worried as Andor picks up the um, Imperial part um, from uh, some old ship and wreckage. We see her like thinking about Andor and he's like going through an old ship. In some of the recap videos and stuff I watched, it looks like this ship is the same ship he yeah. was rescued on. I picked that up because like, it's, it's the yeah. same like compartment that they show like yeah. later. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't pick no. that up the first time I watched it. Um, and then he he pulls out this device and it's really cool looking. It's got that <clears> black glossy yeah. Death Star tech look to it. Very much a fan of like the way that they have like the Imperial emblem and like Mm-hmm. stamped on it and stuff i just thought it was really cool and he also has a really cool blaster the way that like the front little like thing like splint uh spins before he shoots very cool. oh i didn't notice yeah. that yeah. it's kind of like a revolver but instead of like the, the oh, back okay. part spinning it's like the, the oh barrel like spin. the barrel at the front right right okay cool um okay so this is him essentially picking up that that valuable part he was talking about before um so we get another flashback this is the kids arriving at the crash site Yellow gas. That's it. <laughs> Over to Perix. <coughs> uh, we meet uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character. Obviously, yes, big yeah. fan of Stellan Skarsgård. Awesome actor. Dr. Selvig from the Avengers movies. 
um, and Thor, etc. Um, just all the Scars Guards are great, but they Stellan are so good. Yeah, it might be my favorite. I, I, I would say. I mean, I just can't think. He is. He always kind of plays a similar role, but the way he does it is just so effortless, and and it feels so believable. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet him for the first time and he is on his ship. Um, he's talking to his like nav computer and it's like, it has to land, um, over, uh, uh, you know, far away from town for safety reasons. Um, and then we get some cool shots after he lands of like through the quad Knox classic star Wars shot of the town. Um, I just think the effects in the show are very good. Mm-hmm. So, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, after that, we go back to the town. Another uh, alarm bell. This time in the morning, it's like they all wake up at the same to the same alarm clock. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's like at dawn too. It's like early. Uh, Bix wakes to see Tim didn't sleep all night. So here's where I, this is where I think Tim gets a little bit of nuance where he didn't get it before, which is that he clearly feels regret. Oh, like he's yeah, like, he feels guilty for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's like I shouldn't have done that. He's been thinking about it all night. He, yeah, he's slept with the guy's friend and ratted him out at the same time. And he doesn't know how like he's having a hard time living with himself. Yeah. You know? Well, because I think he's kind of putting together that he was obviously wrong about their relationship too. Mm-hmm. like, it's like, oh, fuck. He's like, she came home to me like it's not right. You know? Yeah. Like I made a mistake and uh, I, yeah. I, I realize that now, but I'm, it's too late for me. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, she asked for some calf, which of course is the coffee equivalent in Star Wars. I know that's been referenced a lot of times in books and whatnot. I don't, this might be the first time it's been referenced in live action. That's, so. I think, the first time I've heard it. I don't know if I like yeah. liked it or not. I was like, I don't know. It's fine. But it, what, you've heard it a million other times in a million other places, but the, the use in live action was felt weird to you? No, I don't think I've really like picked up on it in other oh. mediums. Okay. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I just find that's like a really weird thing to put into Star Wars. Like, I know that coffee's not a weird thing to put in Star Wars, but I don't know. It's I, not coffee, it's half. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's so like close, but not, I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I didn't really like it. But. Yeah. It's like when you call a bathroom a refresher. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Know, it, it's like, I know we all know what you're talking about, but it, it is, it, I, I like it. I think it's, it, it's interesting <laughs> world building. I like it's fun. Um, okay. So she's got more errands to run this morning, right? They're both a little suspicious of each other. She seems like she's like, he's acting weird. What's going on here? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, what's she up to? Right. So uh, I, th- I just think that's an interesting dynamic in and of itself. Andor is working with B2. He gives him some comms. I was a little confused about this at first, but here's what this, what's actually happening. He has money stashed away. He's going to stash away some money for his mom. Right. Yes. Right? When he sells the device. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and his goal will be to take it to her himself. But if he can't, he wants him to go get it. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. George to go get it. And he needs to be able to tell him where it is. So that's where the comm device is right. needed. So that's what that is. I, I found it was confusing at first for me anyway. So his mom is looking for B2 because uh, he's not at home. And instead, Finds Andor's old childhood room and some childhood items, a Bantha toy, um, and that old blow dart stick thing. Again, this is one of those moments where like, okay, it's like she's clearly has been with him for a long time. Right, yeah. One of those kind of like parent moments where they're looking at their kids' old stuff and it's like, oh, my heart breaks, you know? Um, Then we flash back because we saw the dart stick thing, we flash back and there appears, this is where we see them in use. So we're like, what is that thing? Well, we'll show you. 
there appears to be some dead bodies on the ground as the kids approach the ship, which didn't seem to be there the last flashback, so that's a little odd, but whatever. Um, they're wearing gas masks, but their skin is all yellow and they look dead. So, um, and again, to be clear, they're wearing separatist patches here. So they okay, yeah, part of the separatists. I don't know why um, I thought they were empire patches. I guess they look very similar. <laughs> they all look yeah, yeah. Like they all, they're all pretty close. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so they all look dead, but as the leader is approaching, one wakes up and just immediately shoots her in the back. Yeah, that's how you know they're bad guys. What the hell? Yeah, right. yeah. And like she's like um, very obviously a child, like a. Not yeah, a full-grown woman. Really, not a threat. Either. No, like, she's carrying a stick, not a yeah. gun or like, whatever. Okay, you know, so terrible. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> then he gets blow darted the shit out of. Yeah, like, just completely. It's like that scene from Ace Ventura Two: When Nature Calls. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> I'm not. It's so funny. It's one of my favorites. So he's getting shot with blow darts and he starts to run, but his like so, some of his limbs start to like go numb. Right. So his like arms are like this is classic uh, Jim Carrey stuff. So his arms are like flapping behind him and he's like jumping over a he's jumping over logs and stuff oh, and his like God. legs and arms are all flapping and he's like and then he gets hit by another and he's like six is too many <laughs> passes out or whatever. God. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, it's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. When by the way, hot take. Ace Ventura 2 is better than Ace Ventura 1. I It's, it's hard for me to watch Jim Carrey movies. Not a big fan. Oh, that's so sad. It's just too much with his face. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's just nothing like him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what this guy, he just is the 14 or whatever how many he took. There's too many. So he, I, I'm clear if he's dead or knocked out. I assume they're like poison, those things. Yeah, I think that's fair yeah. to assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, okay, where were we? Um, they blow dart this guy. Um, the other kids pick up their fallen leader, but Andor stays behind. He's right. like, he's like, he's like, what's going on in the ship? Yeah. So uh, cut back to Ferrex. Andor meets up with a guy. This is that uh, scene I mentioned at the very beginning of the show. Um, he is. He seems to like he's a courier, perhaps. Um, and uh, there's some sort of transportation industry of some kind. Right, yeah. Uh, I like their high-vis, by the way. Very funny. Um, and uh, they're looking up... They just happen to be looking up what Canary is. Right, yes, Which I yes, think, yes. again, it's like very convenient, but it totally works for the show. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. He's like, see? He didn't know what it was either. Yeah. I think it like, felt, very, <laughs> felt very real. There's... <laughs> The way he says it's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Everyone seems to say that to everyone else in this show. Oh, yeah. So far. Everyone hasn't seen everyone else in a while. That seems to be how it works for some reason. Um, small town. They all know each other, but they're not all like friends. Right. Unquote, right. They do favors for each other for money. Um, so that's how it works, uh, I guess, in uh, in this type of <laughs> environment. Um, so... He's looking for a uh, a ride off sh- off uh, off the planet, um, but this is what we learned about Canari: mid rim planet abandoned after Imperial mining disaster. Now, remember, this is the official right um, uh, statement on this. Yes, so yes. How much this is real or not is unclear. Imperial mining disaster. We know there was something to do with mining. Abandoned and considered toxic. Imperial prohibition. Right. right? So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Grain of salt with that one. Right. Um, again, this would encourage you to rewatch the scene and look at Andor's face as they're talking about Canari. Um, Andor wants a ride to Tasser, same day. Never heard of that place either. Um, they barter over the price. 
Um, I love how this goes. He's like, it's like, uh, you know, give me a real price. He's like, 900. <laughs> He's like, you want, you want discretion and speed. That's an expensive combo. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so he's like, okay. He's like 500. He's like, he's like, man, that's not going to cut. He's like, we'll split the difference. I'll do 700. And that's my floor. I'm like, right. Okay, I like a little quick bartering. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think our credits are essentially equal to dollars, right? We're saying like $700. Are we supposed to feel like those values are equivalent? I'd say around there, the yeah. The is 40 grand, right? He's saying, right. I'll give you this for 40,000 yeah. credits. Yeah. I feel like that has to be like an equivalent number. I, I uh, yeah. I, I mean, it sounds about right. I don't know. There's one whole scene about like the droids are trying to buy like some fruit at one point and right. they keep like upping the price and it's like, Oh, it's, it's actually, it's a, a 14 credits for four. So it's like, right. Okay. Yeah. So I would, I assume they're around like a dollar a piece, you know? Okay. A, a right, American yeah. or yeah, whatever American dollar. Yeah. Like some, thing. yeah, I think that's fair. Like close to USD. It's not like yeah. yen where it's no. like 4,000. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. Um, meanwhile, we see this, weird transport ship pretty cool like pyramid shape thing that's like a carrier basically for um for these like essentially troop transports <clears throat> yeah i liked when it just popped in and then they all drop out yes. of it it was really cool. yeah so cool um i love new ships mm-hmm. um love these these kind of like uh these proto troop transports they kind of look like the the light aerial transports, the lats, yes, from the Clone Wars, and they they kind of look like um, like cross between that and what would become the Imperial troop transport, which right. kind of is ugly in my opinion. The Imperial troop transport's ugly, but um, <laughs> anyway, I just like new ships. Rogue One introduced a lot of cool new ships, and this is one that was pretty cool too. Um, anyway, they're getting ready for uh, this this like uh, mission that they're going on, and this is another great scene. It's just so fun. It just hilarious to me um but also fascinating um so they are there's three teams mosque is prepping the men men and he's kind of got this like bravado about him right and he's like we're gonna do it this way pincer movement we're all gonna stay in contact sounds good um and he talks about there may be some local resistance who may be less than enthused with our local with our presence right Talking right kind of yes before. this neighborhood does not take kindly to authority yes you know so and Mosk's like, okay, I've done my part. Floor's yours, Captain, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the, the, maybe the worst speech. Oh, it's so awkward. Of all time. This might. It just. He's like, <clears throat> excuse me. Hello, is this thing on? Yeah. Hello. Um. The uh. It, it, there comes a time when the cost of doing nothing, um, and then no one's paying attention. Yeah. A guy literally yawns. <laughs> <laughs> I just like so. I think we're probably going to see this character kind of like move up the rank. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the ISB and all that kind of stuff. But, and, and will be kind of fun and fascinating to watch kind of our villain, um, origin story and origin and and, and like become who this kind of like big bad. Oh, for sure. And or grow into himself. I think that's a kind of a fun dynamic. I feel like we're for sure going to get some kind of story about this is where he starts like hating like any sort of like resistance or rebellion right. or anything like that. Right. right. And then he's going to become one of those, like, I don't know, like not diehards, like, yeah. yeah, those diehards that are like Biden, so Biden focused yeah. on trying to like go after these rebels all the time. Right. So. Because they're dangerous and they're hurting people. Yes, and I, exactly. You know, I, you know, the, the empire, they're, they're, 
they're trying to hurt the empire. The empire's just trying to help people. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. So like, yeah, yeah. And they hurt me and they embarrassed me. And that, that's yes. the worst part. Yes, yes, right? yeah. As soon as that so, ego is bruised, it's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just thought that was a brilliant portrayal of that whole thing. And then, by the way, if you watch Mosk's face while he's doing the speech is priceless also. He is like, I don't know if he's trying to hold back laughter necessarily, <laughs> but he's like, he's just like clearly embarrassed for him. Yeah. Which I think is funny. And then he's like, and then he starts the, the, the clap because no one else is clapping. And he's like, well said, sir. Yeah. Very inspiring. Yeah. It's like yeah. that secondhand embarrassment, right? Like, oh, yeah. right. Again, brown noser. So he can't yeah. admit that he's like, mm, maybe not your best work, right? Uh, okay. Then we get t- back to Ferrix. Luthen is waiting on a bus with an old man. This is very cute. Um, this guy's just like a regular, just a business a sales guy, <laughs> yeah. business guy. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, hey, you know, I've been doing this so long that, you know, they... Now they're charging us to park and they're charging us for transport and we're just trying to do business. They're, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're getting us from both ends. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it just very, uh, reminded me of that a little bit like that guy from, um, from Obi-Wan who turned out to be a, a a bootlicker. Ah, yes, yes, yes. But I don't get the impression that this guy was. No, he just seemed like that, like, you know, cute old dude on the bus that chit chats with people. Yeah. Right. And he's like, well, it's kind of more like a plane ride because they talk about how they're kind of like stacked up and they can't get into the into port or whatever. Yes, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's like, and there's that line where it's like, you never know who you're talking to these days. And I think that one's pretty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pointed, oh, of course right? it is. That's interesting. Um, and uh, then the line, you know what they say? If you can't find it here, it's not worth finding. And then you cut to Andor walking through that scrapyard and it's a really cool tracking shot mm-hmm. um, for the end of the ep- cut to the end of the episode. This is where they start really kind of like hammering home. these these cross cuts start getting really pointed, and I think it actually works. I think it's really cool and clever. Oh yeah, this idea of using the previous scene to provide context to the next scene, even yes. though when they're they're clearly completely separated or, or different or different times or you know um, different contexts. Even um, I think it's 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 something that kind of that didn't necessarily start in comic books, but it may have for all I know. Um, and uh, uh, the Watchmen, which is obviously one of the all-time best, um, would do this where they would say something in one panel, right? right? And then that, and then it would cut to another panel, and that that phrase, which they were, they're not talking about the thing in the next panel, but it would be right. clearly it, that they're showing something or saying something yes. about that next thing, like kind of so, when they do that thing where like you see the, it's almost like a narration, and the 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 words from the first panel are right, in the artwork. The yeah. One. Bleed over into the next one. Next one. So it's like, yeah. ah, yes, this is what they're talking about. It's, I just, I think it's very, it can sometimes be a little on too on the nose. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. But I, I do think it's clever and, and smart. And I think when it's well done, it's, I think it feels satisfying. So, okay. That's episode two. Um, so far one or two, which one do you prefer? I'd say the second one for sure out of, yeah. uh, Yeah out of those it's yeah like i said when i was first watching them the first two to me kind of relatively blend together and then the third one sure. for me is where, where oh, it was sure. that kind of got my attention more and i was like oh, okay like i care more about what's happening next <laughs> and i well, you know what yeah. i mean if i were to just, just watch episode like one like we said it would have been like i wouldn't have really cared like I, there's no right. cliffhanger there's no like oh i wonder what's next it was just kind of like oh okay like i guess we're just right. gonna keep and chugging like, along we haven't really got to the political intrigue, which I think is right. clearly what the the Tony Gilroy's strong suit is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so right now we're doing kind of like spy thriller, 
type. Yes, stuff. yeah, and that's fine. It works, but we're going to start getting into the 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 politics of stuff, and then we're really going to start be able to sink our teeth in and get real juicy, right? But, um, and this now that we've kind of done laid the groundwork here, episode three is where things it's called reckoning, mm-hmm. right? I think for obvious reasons, um, because things are coming home to roost for Andor here, and uh, it 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 feels like it has real momentum um by this point and it would, again it, because of the way it's all kind of one over kind of 48 hours it uh i think it it we pick up basically right after the end of episode two and shit's real right so we start right. with a flashback and shot of Andor entering the crash ship love this shot of like down this this octagonal tube mm-hmm. very reminiscent of 2001 a space odyssey there's a shot that's very similar to that of course in that movie of course they rotate the camera and things kind of turn and stuff it's very cool hmm. Um, if you've never seen 2001 I would I have not recommend. it's one of the greatest movies ever made um, is that the one with the monkeys yes and the obelisk but not not yes yeah but it's not just those things <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I and like... it's and it was filmed in the 70s and I think it's this you can't overstate how impressive they, gotcha. they were able to accomplish from the 70s like it looks great now mm-hmm. today still I just think it's it's amazing so I saw. I got the chance to see it in theaters um, as part of a, like a anniversary. Um, I'm hoping to see Jaws if it's still in the theaters. I want to see the Jaws 3D thing because I've never seen Jaws despite oh. the Jaws poster behind me. I'm a poser. I'm a poser. <laughs> like ever? Yeah, I've never seen it. That's insane. Okay, you can't make fun of me for not seeing 2001. I can if you have a poster on your wall. I don't have 2001: A Space Odyssey poster on yeah, my no, wall. Fair enough. It's just it's just one of the <laughs> coolest posters of all time. The Jaws poster. Yeah, it is great. It's iconic. Posters ever. Yeah. So That's, come on, it's um, insane. I can just like it for the poster. I just like the poster. But I do want to see the movie, obviously. So anyway, um, but luckily no one listens to this, so no one will know that I am a poser. I'm gonna tell Jeremy immediately <laughs> yeah. on our next no, film knows. club. <laughs> And see what he has to say. He's like, he'll just be like, I know, I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we see more bodies with yellow faces. These ones are in the ship, so it's kind of interesting. It's like, what, like, is it because the hatch opened or why? And why are these people dead, but not the the, the scrappers? Yeah. Yeah. It's unclear to me. Um, So Andor sees his reflection in the shiny um, material uh, uh, gadgets. On, on the ship and gets mad and smashes stuff. What's your reading on why he gets mad from seeing his reflection? I, yeah, I wasn't too sure about that. Like I, I'm assuming he's never seen his own reflection and yeah, I don't know. Just maybe overwhelming or something, or maybe he looks like a parent and that's kind of upsetting him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, maybe he's, maybe he hasn't seen, his own reflection in a long time. Or yeah. He's never seen his own reflection mm-hmm. before. That's what I mean. I was like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's interesting. One. I think it, 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 to me, it reads as like being mad at his current situation. Yeah, yeah. Like usually when they show, I don't know, anytime they show somebody like smashing their reflection, it's usually some kind of like psychological nuance yeah, like of self. like, Oh, they're, they're, they're mad at themselves. They hate themselves. Yeah, like it's, right. it's something about that. But, but I think I'm it's like, more like he's mad that, he has to like that he's not so much mad at himself as so much he's mad at a situation yeah exactly or maybe it's like seeing his reflection in like separatist or see yeah seeing his reflection in this technology reminds him of the mine and that kind of stuff and what happened there and that's just like upsetting right because it's like oh this is the kind of these were the people that 
cause that disaster or whatever. So. Yeah, I think that's a good read. I think that's a good yeah. read for sure. Um, okay, so barracks, uh, shots of a scrapyard where they're pulling stuff apart. We get this like really massive like wall thing falling falling down. Um, again, think the effects are very good. I, I like we sp- sp- we seem to spend a lot of time watching ships be disassembled in Star Wars. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. We never see them being built almost ever, but we see them being disassembled constantly. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting. Andor meets with his buddy Brasso. He's out on the the you know um, the yards doing his job, just working like a regular dude. And um, he's telling him, "Hey, listen, I I have the money to pay you back." Um, I'm going to go, I'm taking off, but it's going to be with my mom. She'll pay you back and please take care of her. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and then he says, I think a line that is very fascinating to me, he says, I'll be back. I'll find a way. Right. Yeah. It's possible that he'll never be back, which I think is very possible. Um, of course, how's he going to get his droid back? I think we want to see more of that droid. Oh yeah. But either way, I mean, I'm, I am interested to, um, if this is all we get for for Ferrix, this line will have a lot more weight to it. Especially when you see right. the, one of the very last shots of this episode is is Brasso's face as he's kind of thinking about uh, Andor. It's implied that he's thinking about Andor and just kind of the sad look on his face. Yeah. Um, so again, that's another one of those like Han Solo parallels when Han says he'll he's going to come back right to get uh, right. What's, what's her, her name? name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just said uh, Kira. Kira and he's like I'm gonna come back as soon as I can and then it's like you know they never actually make it back he's never able to make it back yeah um yeah it's great great pull very good comp um meanwhile Luthen has arrived in town and uh he meets uh Bix his contact she says that there's been a complication she's mentioning the bulletin he seems to be aware of it right he's fine with it you know he's like okay he's not too worried but he does want to make it quick regardless. And he's like, well, can we trust him? Classic. He'll be there. Great line. Always love when you can say he'll be there. Yeah. Um, it either means two things that you, and if he is there, it means that he is reliable. If he's not there, it means he's not reliable. Those are the, <laughs> that's the movie shorthand for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, just then the security team, team arrives over the planet and their transport ships are launched as you mentioned before very cool i love the music here very suspenseful drum beat stuff very good chef's kiss yes um flashback uh b2 is in good shape we see b2 in kind of like uh is like powered up shiny mode and you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah interesting we see him he's not stuttering um and we meet cassian's mom again um this time for the first time in the timeline and they're scrounging through the scratch the crashed ship it, it, the impression is that these are like scrappers right they saw the ship crash they're here to to grab what they can before the right. public arrives to clean up their mess right right and um we they also hear cassian breaking stuff and we hear that there's and then you know as they enter the room um we get the line republic frigate approaching Right. Which, first of all, I want to see a modern, like, graphical version of a Republic frigate. We don't get to see that, and I'm a little uh, <laughs> like, as they were leaving the planet, I would have liked to have seen right, that, but see one in the so distance or expensive, something. Expensive. Yeah. I get it, but a shame in my opinion. <laughs> um, so they, uh, either way, this is one of those cool crosscuts. Republic frigate approaching. Crosscut to Imperial ships landing. 
right? These, uh, I guess they're not technically Imperial ships. They're um, these uh, security guard ships. But anyway, cool cut. Um, they land and they got those cool little wing flap things that fold up, but they're like super tiny. Love those. Cute. Yeah, very good. Uh, shots of people reacting to the cops arriving. Mostly people not happy about it. They're like, oh, we haven't seen blues here in a long time. Like the use of blues. Yeah. Wearing blue. And of course, we're used to associating the term blue with cops, right? Um, so I, from this moment forward, I am just going to refer to them as cops because it's easier. Yeah, that's... And they are yeah. essentially cops. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brasso seems to kind of, as he sees the cops and he knows about the bulletin and he, after hearing what... Um, uh, uh, maybe he doesn't know about the bulletin, but he definitely had that conversation with Cassian. He seems to kind of put pieces together, two and two together, and is like, huh, interesting. So I thought that was a cool little foreshadowing. Right, yeah. Later. Uh, we then see a shot of Cassian waiting. Cut to flashback. She wants, um, his mom wants to take him with them before the Republic gets there. So there's a brief argument with her and her uh, male companion. Uh, unclear what the relationship is. Um, and she's saying, no way, let him go. He's saying... She, or she's basically saying, I can't let her, I can't let him stay here. You know, they'll, they'll kill him mm-hmm. or whatever. So she drugs him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she drugs him and, and kidnaps and him, basically. I'm assuming she means, because like, obviously, so from what I'm gathering from this whole thing is that the Republic shot down this separatist plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It crashed onto this planet. Now the Republic are coming to kind of like, whatever, see the damage, that kind of thing. But I don't think the Republic... They're not talking about the Republic killing those kids. I think they mean the separatists showing up later, right? Ooh, I don't think so. I think that like why would they clear exactly what the timeline is I here? Guess, but but... This is this is a proto empire. Oh, um, I thing. see. I see. So they're like cleaning up some last remnants of the separatists. Right. I see. Okay, because I was yeah. like, this can't be like you know, like clone, like Jedi and clones, because they wouldn't kill a I, bunch well, of kids. They did reference. Like we do from the we know from the trailers that the clones are in the show. We, okay, clones. But I mean, like, clones. yes, clones. But I mean, not like Jedi. But at this point, they would ones. be the evil version. Eve, of clones, bad clones. Right? Yeah, the brainwashed ones yeah, yeah. after yeah. post Order yeah. sixty six. Yeah, so I okay. think it's possible that if this Republic gotcha. cruiser was full of evil clones. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, if it's post Order sixty six, then they're gonna be like Crosshair and, and do what they're told. Exactly. And, yeah. Yes. Well, Crosshair is just an asshole. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a different story. But yeah, um, okay. Because I was like, it's so hard to like hear Republic and then be like, oh yeah, the Republic's going to come and kill all these kids. Uh, but, war is <laughs> not. Yeah. You know, war is, is war. It's not. It's not pretty. No, of right? course, so of course. Crazy stuff like that could happen. Yeah. Think, from the, you know, we've we haven't seen all the stories of what the Republic did during the right. The, yes. And remember, they were under orders by often. By the chancellor, so of course, yeah, could have been a lot of terrible things that they've committed, maybe without them knowing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's probably what they're assuming is like, well, they're going to show up here, and who knows what their orders are going to be. Right, for so, all we know, yes. clones killed all their parents and didn't kill those kids because they couldn't do it. Oh time, yeah, that's right? true. Maybe that's why they're all there. Right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, cut back to Ferrix, and we're at Marva's house. Um. Uh, that's his mom. Just in case we haven't used that name for a while, so. <laughs> As the cops arrive with a warrant for the arrest of Andor, they don't even like wait. They just barge right no. in. Um, she tells them that they should be ashamed of themselves. Love that. Great. Line. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Yeah. When like an 
older lady says that to like someone of authority, it just like hits right. different. I just like it. Yeah. And I, I think you get, and so this is where you start like you seeing, you start seeing um, Cyril start to kind of bend or crack. Under oh the yeah, absolutely. Right? So he's like, he's like, first of all, he feels like, what is, what does this person mean? Like I should be ashamed of myself. I'm just doing my job. Yes. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Back off lady. Right. Um, and, uh, so they find, this is kind of funny, I think. So they find B2 and they threaten to take his power unit and they're like, you can't do, they can't do that. Don't listen to them. Right. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because unfortunately Andor picks the exact wrong time. <laughs> yes. To use, to use his comms. Yeah. Yeah. To call B2. He's like, tell her I'm sorry. And they, and they're like, they instantly track it and they're like, okay, we know what we're doing. We're leave two cops here. Yeah. And go after yes. Right? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Tim is continuing to act suspicious with Bix. Mm-hmm. That's just the uh, just continue to think about that. Andor meets with Luthen um, while the cops deal with an unruly public. So Andor and Luthen meet for the first time. Meanwhile, back at the house, the locals are getting restless. Mm-hmm. They saw the cops barge into someone's house. They don't like that, um, and uh, so, and so things the pressure is starting to build. Oh yeah, they barter. He says 40,000 credits. He says that's a deal. Um, it apparently lets you track imperial coordinates, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's, a, it's like the definition of, a, uh, of like a, just a thing you need to go get in a yeah. story. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, <coughs> Luthen is worried and or is maybe scamming him, but he's playing it so cool that it just feels like he's basically just going through the motions here. Right, you know? yeah. Or it's like, really, if you know, is this like, are you scamming me? If I, are you saying that if I was dissatisfied, I could come back? Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is such a funny. Yeah, it's like, oh, so you'll funny. be here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, so meanwhile, Bix is warned that the cops are after Andor, right? Uh, her friend comes and, and then she's like, right away, she's like, someone ratted him out. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then she's about, she's like, I got to go help him. No one else is going to. So she about jumps into action. And then Tim was like, wait, he can take care of himself. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. She's like, she's like, what do you, uh, what do you mean? I didn't, uh, I didn't say who I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, oh, the ice cold moment where she's like, um, do you remember if I told you that Andor was born? And he, she's like, and he's like, he doesn't know what to say. He's yeah. Because like, I do. Oh, yeah. And he's, she's just, and then that line, how could you? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, good stuff. That's see, such a good scene. That's what I'm talking about. So, sure, it's a little slow. Sure, it seems a little maybe um, up its own butt a little bit. If you were, if you were, <laughs> um, but when you I get these just kind of like, butt. I just, just a good emotional scene. Moments. Yeah, I just think you get these great character moments. You just don't get these moments in Star Wars very often. Yeah, it's often so. So over the top and, you know, blustery and all this kind of other, you know, the this, this stuff that feels like it needs to be part of an opera, right? Yeah. It's the space yeah. opera title. This is subtle. It's, 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 it's pointed. It feels true to life. I think it's, I think it's exactly what, if you were someone who'd been waiting for an adult version of a Star Wars story, this is it. And if you don't oh, absolutely. watch it, it's fault. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm saying if you don't watch it and then we don't get more of this stuff or we don't get more of it for a long time, you have no one to blame but yourself. That's true. Um, 
Um, okay, so we cut back to Luthen. This is where it starts cutting back and forth really quickly. Um, Luthen continues to barter. He knows um, their game, basically, Bix in there. They've been bribing folks to leave valuables on scrapped ships mm-hmm. so that they can sell them on the black market. It's a pretty good racket, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, But he's like, that's all fine and good. You didn't get this from one of those things. Where no. do you get it? Right? And uh, I just, oh, I love this part where he's like, listen, I'll give you another thousand credits if you tell me how you got it. And uh, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> then you get this really cool speech, which is also in the trailer, which is this like, they just wouldn't believe, they cannot imagine that you, that someone like me would just walk in the door. Right. Take their stuff, spit in their food, which I like that. Yeah. Way, a lot, <laughs> spit in their food, take their gear. They just, they just don't even, it can't, they can't even conceive of it. And Luthen, this is where Luthen, this really clicks in for Luthen. And he's like, he's like, oh, okay. You know what? This is the, this is, you know, I'm here for this thing. And he says it later. He's like, I'll take the box if that's all you, if that's all you can offer. But right. I'm actually here for you. I know all about you. I know your story. What you just told me really locks it in because they don't get it. Yeah. They're so yeah. smug and satisfied with themselves that they think that nothing can touch them. And I have a way to take them down for real. Exactly. And, then, yeah. when, and when he says, don't you want to fight these bastards for real? Totally. This is where I'm like, yeah, this show is good. Yes. That's how, yeah. This is how I know. Yeah. So good. Um, so he does mention that he might know his dad in some way. Uh, I'm uh, interesting. I, would, huh. I guess maybe we'll peel that onion back a little bit as we go. Um, but we'll, we'll see. He also makes this kind of this, this comment about like listening to that uh, that voice that tells you when to do something and where to go and how to act and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, we're going to be giving them a different voice or something like that. I didn't feel like that part necessarily landed as well. Right. Like, yeah. We're going to both do these both like cool metaphorical speeches about stuff. Um, the one would have probably been. Cool. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, you know, back on the streets, the locals are banging pots and pans or whatever those metal things are. Wind chimes, something as a warning to uh, uh, as a sign for Andor basically they don't know who they're that the cops are after they just know the cops are out there looking for somebody right so they yeah. do this kind of like signal that they're um and it's it's basically like a giant um it's like someone put on fuck the police pretty much a, yeah a massive speaker <laughs> yeah I love it everyone just starts boarding up their like yeah. all the shops closed. They're like, nope. They're like, we're not giving you any information. We're not letting you shake right. us down. Like, we're just gonna make a bunch of racket and right. yeah, tell everyone that you're here. And then they say it's intimidation, sir. Yes, bluff and bluster. Yeah, but like, I don't think that's really what it is. It's like it's more of like a form of of um, community. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I mean, to some degree, it is it is intimidation because it's like we're together on this, you know. Oh, for sure. Um. So Luthen needs him to go. They need to both go. Um, and uh, because they, and when they discover that Andor has a calm, um, we get the first of, I assume will be many rules. Rule number one, never care anything you don't control. Mm, yeah. Um, I like to get a bunch of those. We yeah. List those out. Um, anyway, so that's how they figure out where they, how they know they're getting uh, coming for them. Um, meanwhile, Bix gets detained while she's running to go help him. Um, this feels like, convenient for the plot but it also uh it, it rings true to life and i think that that still works so um luthan and andor 
make a plan to go through the furnace, uh, under the furnace to find a speeder so they can cut across the, the wastes and get to their ship. Um, meanwhile, Luthen blows the door yeah. <laughs> uh, open and he says, look, I put slap charges on the door on the way. In. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we get rule number two, <clears throat> build your exit on the way in. Which, yeah. Again, very cool. Uh, so they blow the door. We, um, a firefight ensues. There's a bunch of these chains with what looks like maybe engine blocks or something on them. This was so cool. Uh, I like the scene. As they start falling and collapsing, mm-hmm. it really cre- creates a lot more like visual, interesting dynamics for this. Yeah, game, I thought which, it was so cool. You know, yeah. So uh, they make their escape uh, just in time as the backup cops kind of s- are scrambling out in the town trying to figure out what's going on, yeah. right? They're like, there's three of them. No, there's two of them, right? Like, yeah. they're on the move. Or they're heavily armed, you know? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. <laughs> I just think that's so good. Um, but they leave the box behind. Again, this is kind of that, like, it's like, I thought you were smart, which I thought was a good line. Too. Right, it's yes. Like, it's not about that. Like, save your skin, man. Um, so think bigger. Tim, meanwhile, he finds that Bix is being detained and like an idiot just runs straight at the cops and gets shot straight in the chest. Uh, yeah. And... Sarah, here's the thing. I didn't like. I didn't like Tim. No. But did I want him to get shot in the chest? No. 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 I did not. I didn't. And it's kind of like um, a little bit of a bummer, I guess, for her because it's like their last interaction wasn't that great, and then he gets killed right in front of her. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, but it's all a direct result of his own actions. It is. It literally is. Yeah. Right. So, I I think there is something poignant about how she gets like uh, handcuffed to that door. And then she has to just sit there and look at his dead body Ugh, for who knows such how long. A, yeah, so sad. I think that's I think that's a they don't really highlight that necessarily, but I think that's interesting. Um okay, so uh they make their you know, Bex gets detained, yada yada, Tim gets shot. Um they want the the cops are talking about how they need air support, so they send one of these, like one of the cops back to the ship to to get into to kind of give them cover. Yeah, um, the cops are at this point. They're completely <laughs> scrambling. They're shocked um, as they discover that there's at least two of them. Um, they decide that wait, 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 hold on. It's really they. It seems like they're kind of like gonna figure this stuff out. Hold on, we're going to um, uh, set up here and wait for them to come to us, right? And uh, I think I, again, this is really funny. Like the way that they like toss the guns to each other. They think they're so fucking cool. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you, it's like you like fascist losers like, yeah it, it's like we're talking about real people here you're gonna you're, you're affecting real people's lives one of these people just got shot an innocent bystander yeah. was just killed you do the no i mean they don't know that necessarily but some of them do and it's like they do not care no absolutely um, not and it's just very um again poignant i think and a little on the maybe a little on the nose but it, again we're talking about space nazis here so uh, yeah yeah you know. um Meanwhile, inside, so Cyril sets up inside one of these houses. He's like waiting for them to come. He's got like a little, <laughs> he's like a little hiding spot. And then we have, we cut back to Andor's mom just for, just for one quick line where she gets to say, hear that sound? Mm-hmm. That's the sound of a reckoning, which again, oh, that's the name of the episode. Her lines are so like, good. Yeah, I know. The writing is top yeah. notch here. And this is why I can't wait for like the political intrigue stuff because I think yeah. that's going to be so layered. Like, and- how sinister is that for like these kind of dumb, bumbling kind of cops oh, to right. have this little old lady be like, you hear that? Yeah. And just like, what? Like, that'd be so, yeah. that would scare the shit out of me if I was them. <laughs> right. And then, and then he's like, she's like, and you think you're worried now? 
Uh-huh. You should be waiting until it stops. Yeah. You know? Oh, boy. Good stuff. Chills. Uh, so, okay. So we see a shot of Brasso um, walking away from their, um, their military transport or cop transport thing. Again, we don't necessarily know what's going on. I wasn't sure what had happened, but you're like, hmm, he definitely did something in that ship. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when the knocking stops, right, mm-hmm. um, it gets super quiet. I love how they cut all oh, the Oh, so good. Very um, uh, silent, essentially. And then Andor ambushes Cyril. <laughs> By the way, I love this. <laughs> so good. He's like, he's, like, he's like, how many people? He's like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, and then you hear just from the off screen, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and then so later, good. listen, if you're not going to do it, I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah. And I, just, I think that I just like, listen, I don't know if that was played for laughs, but I thought that was really funny. Oh yeah. It's like and the then, typical. So he's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Tells them the numbers Four. he gives them the exact numbers, 12 plus two officers, 14 in total. Right. And then they tie him up. So you were going to say something? Oh no, I was just going to say, it's just like that, almost like that good cop, bad cop kind of routine mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like one of them's really mean. And then the other one's like, oh, you better tell me. Cause if you don't like, <laughs> this yeah, guy's gonna beat you totally. up but in this case it's I like he's Robin. gonna kill you yeah yeah um so they tie him up and uh then we see this guy gets on his ship and takes off and then, again i just gotta say for just for this like little throwaway scene um we uh they spend a lot of money yeah oh yeah the ship takes off they're he's flying it but it, it's attached to a tow cable attached to some piece of like wreckage or whatever that's super heavy yeah it's causing the ship to like not fly properly so it smashes into the side of a massive building, um, I, which is, I thought, looked amazing. Yeah, it looked, it looked so good. Cool. Yeah. And um, so the ship crashes, crashes, then we cut back, and they're like, was that them? It has to be them. And then one of the persons like, well, if that's true, then they're behind us. Right. And that's when you get the like, shit, we're under siege. They're yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and I just, I just, I laughed. I oh, laughed yeah. Because it's like, there's so two of them, you idiots. Yeah. yeah. But it's not really because they did have help. They had That's help true. from the people. That's true. Right? Um, so they're everywhere. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny. So one of the cops finds Cyril tied up uh, just in time to see a speeder take off down the road. The cops open fire. And just when they think they've got them, the speeder flips. And they're like, again, I said, there's that little that little smirk and smile. Oh, yeah. That they give to each just other. like they're so like, proud of it. themselves. Yeah. yeah like, That's so funny. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so the, they are approaching the speeder and just then Luthen and Andor take off on a speeder bike and they blow up the speeder yeah. and um, it, I just love how, you know, you, you get these classic shots of people um, walking away from an explosion and it's like, they don't look at explosions and it's super cool mm-hmm. and badass. Cyril's not looking, no. but when he explodes, he like totally like flinches. Yes. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And he's terrified. He's absolutely terrified. And they take off and then you got like the the rest of the cops are all scrambling. They're like trying to get them. They're like, we got to get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Calling for evac. He's like, did you get my last message? And Cyril is just literally standing there blank face. Uh-huh. Can't believe what just happened. I think he's going through like, how do I explain this? Oh, yeah. Like, how am I going to? How is this going to work? I have no. Yeah. He's idea. going through all those emotions of being like, how did this happen? Like, exactly what am i gonna do how am i gonna explain this like what's gonna happen now like all of those emotions of like i'm gonna lose my job or they're gonna kill me or what the hell do i do now yeah exactly um but also it's like i think you mentioned before this is kind of like his his crucible oh absolutely yeah he kind of like is is died in the wool at this moment Mm -hmm. right that you know the rebels are a scourge they're a scum 
Oh yeah, he's going to get reamed out, and then he's going to get all yeah. mad, and now he's going to be on a vengeance quest. Hired probably, uh-huh. and then join the empire, right? Yeah, of some kind. That's my prediction. Um, so cut to Andor and Luthen. They're on a speeder bike. Uh, there's a quick cut, cut to his mom. She's crying. Oh, so um, sad. And B two. Um, and we see it both in the past and the present. We cut back and forth. Um, Bix is also rescued, but we see. Tim's body and Brasso's reaction, like I said before, is kind of melancholy. We're happy that they escaped, but the 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 general feeling is of sadness. Right, yeah. Um and uh there is some beautiful shots of the speeder as it's going over like water and land and like yeah. coming back. I love that shot. It was so yeah. cool. It almost looked like different plots of like farmland and water yeah. and like different whatever it was, like aqua farms and that kind of thing like i don't know it was really I, cool i get the impression that the industry like they're what they're doing like the scrapping is what ruined the farmland probably yeah kind of like yeah what they're you know anyway um industrialization sad times anyway beautiful shots of the speeder as i said um andor and luthan make it to the ship um and they take off as we intercut with his mom saving him um back in the flashbacks mm-hmm. on a random ship from the past um and we end with a shot of both Andor's face and his mom's face in sun, uh, sunrise or sunset. Yeah. Um, as they kind of like, he has a birth into a whole new life. Yes. Yeah. The past and the future. So very exciting third episode, action packed, lots of cool symbolism and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was a big fan of episode three. Me um, too. Would you say that was your favorite? Yeah, that was definitely my favorite out of, out of all of them. Okay. Well, hey, we've been doing this for now. We've, this has been a long episode. Three <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, I think we talked about kind of our general feelings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about those things in future episodes um, and we'll, where we'll have a little bit more time to to kind of not just recap elements. And, and I know, by the way, people really love those moment-to-moment recaps, which I wasn't planning on doing for this, but I thought, hey, you know what? Why don't we do the work? Right. So, um here it is. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to covering this for the rest of the season. Uh, the schedules may adjust and change a little bit as we, um, as I have to move around a lot. I'm going to be all over the place over the next yeah. month and a half. Um, so just be patient with us on that. Um, and in the meantime, we'll talk to you next week for season one, episode four of Andor. Until then, may the force be with you. <laughs>